0: Everybody, welcome to the finale of the Spectacular Radio Podcast. I'm Zai Joiner, executive producer of the Spidey Radio Network and webmaster of Spidey-Dude.com. We are going to have probably an extra plus-sized episode with extra, pl- extra characters, and Greg will introduce them shortly. But I, before we got started, I wanted to thank our patrons at patreon.com slash Spidey Network, Vinkman, and Scott. Thank you guys for your... Uh, contributions to help out the website, and if you want to know, learn more about what's going on, go to patreoncom network or go to spider dudecom Thanks again for listening, and we'll get started right now.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, the spectacular Spider-Man. Face it Tiger,
2: Will
3: you just hit the jackpot. Otto this was weak. Call me Dr. Octopus. From on, we're poison to Peter Parker and Spider-Man. We're venom. Green Goblin doesn't take orders from insects. The Green Goblin swaps them into oblivion. Oh, you better not get your goop in my hair. Spider-Man, threat or menace? Someone is so getting the look. Tell me there's something better. Go ahead, try.
0: Welcome, again, to the final episode of Spectacular Radio, and for the final time, I hand the baton off to the host of the show to introduce the rest of our panel, Greg Bashansky.-
4: Good afternoon, everyone. Good evening, good morning. Whenever you're listening to this, it is with a heavy heart that I open the final episode of this podcast. It has been a delight, it has been an honor, and for the final time, I get to introduce my good friend, Mr. Gerard De La Tour
5: hey what's going on everybody it's been a long time and uh this may be the last time i would bet but hi how's it going and i'm gonna try to not uh get any last uh last minute super hot takes that get me in trouble with your audience
1: <laughs> <laughs> Oh
5: <boy. laughs> yep. i i certainly am going to give this episode a completely glowing review so that i don't have anybody coming after me with pitchforks and, and uh, flaming torches and all that
0: well, we've we've had people coming after us with flaming pitchforks and torches lately, and we'll get to that in a few.
4: <laughs> yes, we will. We will. And I would also like to introduce Mr. Joshua Lapin Bertoni.
6: Hey, glad to be here for um I don't know why you keep on saying final episode, because look, there's always a <laughs> at this pod like <laughs> No If you look at the contract with Spidey dudecom Dude dot com, like you can see that there's a clause that if the podcast is over. 40 minutes long, then you're allowed to keep on doing them. I mean, look at the Young Justice podcast. Everyone thought that was over, but they're still podcasting. Like, anything can happen.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Josh, I just wanted to say for the record...
4: I hate you
1: <laughs>
4: <laughs> well we're gonna be talking about this very shortly but um I hope everyone has been well I hope everyone out there has been well go out there and get your vaccines if you're currently able able to I got my Johnson and Johnson vaccine a couple weeks ago
5: nope can't do it C- uh, something something gay frogs. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Listen,
0: I got the Pfizer. Uh, I kind of felt a little groggy and and run down for a couple of days, but I, I'm actually supposed to get my second dose this this Friday of when we're recording. So, you
5: know. I, I have enough medical issues as it is already. So I'm gonna uh, let me let me hold off on that one for a little while. I mean, I've been to the ER three times this year, and it's not even April yet.
4: Huh? Yeah. Ouch. Well, Gerard, we want you to be around for a little while longer, at least.
0: <laughs> right. So, uh, and That's unfortunately, right. he has to I go to this ER.
6: And and I I don't have COVID, but my dad like was standing over my bed breaking my leg, which was kind of weird. But
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh,
0: oh, oh. <laughs> oh
5: man! And by and by the way, Zach, to to your uh, it was in this ER in this town. Yes, you're right. That's why they had to send me by ambulance to Amarillo to have the most the most medieval surgical procedure that they probably still perform in the hospitals. <laughs>
3: god okay i'm not
5: gonna get into the details but let's just say when they tell you here's what we're gonna do we're just gonna keep filling this sack in the back of your throat with liquids until it explodes that's a problem like we should be beyond that in medical science oh god (laughs) dude Uh... i'm so sorry (laughs) we'll talk about that later off the air but let's just say if we tried to record last weekend this would not have worked because i would
1: i would be like this
0: hold on i need to get some and then i would just die. (laughs) <laughs> so listen, that sounds like that old man that used to call into CSC.
4: god <laughs> I remember that guy I remember that guy
1: <laughs>
4: <laughs>
0: but uh our first topic and it's kind of been alluded to like what with, with what Josh was saying was <sighs> save spectacular hashtag um Greg oh, boy. I'm giving this to you because you are public enemy number one apparently for the spectacular Spider-Man fandom so uh here you go.
4: Well, it's not just me; it's also Jennifer L. Anderson who's tried to give people a few reality takes, and those people who called Greg Wiseman the worst accuse him of not even trying. Blah blah blah. <laughs> I would just like to say, for the record, that the guy who started the hashtag is a nice guy. He hasn't he hasn't uh, caused any issues, at least with me, as far as I know. So I don't want it to sound like I'm throwing him under the bus. No. But um,
0: okay. So th- let me kind of give some background on this. So this, this was this was done first in January of this year. uh, Or they were, they started talking about at the end of last year, January of of 2021, they did this big giant hashtag campaign. It got 80 million retweets and tweets. It was trending on Twitter. And so it was raising a lot of awareness for the show, which is great. And then a lot of people, then they did a smaller campaign. And I think, February and they're going to do another one. They said in May. So like I talked with these guys kind of got a little bit of the background and really nice guys, no issues with them. But apparently some of the people that were, that are like ardent fans of the show that were participating in the hashtag had issues with the fact that Greg Wiseman kind of called them out and was like, why do you want me to lie to you? (laughs) Which is more or less what he said on this show uh last year so or the last year. Uh earlier this year. So it's like, come on guys, like we're just trying to be realistic. We want everybody wants the show to come back. But it's yeah.
5: oh, just- now, hold, now hold on. I'm I'm a little confused that I've been out, out of the loop for a minute. So right. you're telling me that people on Twitter got out of control <laughs> and we are saying stupid things to people. Is that, is that, the, is that the gist of this?
0: Uh, yes, more or less, that is absolutely the gist.
5: Hold on a second. So I'm looking out my window right now. Yeah, the sky is still blue.
1: Okay.
5: <laughs> uh, let me get some. Okay, I'll just dip my hands. So, yeah, water is definitely still wet. Hmm. Yes, Why but- are we surprised by any of this?
4: <laughs> yeah, it was really fun when I got called a fake fan and declared an enemy of the show. But he got, the,
0: I got I got told I got told to kiss an entire black ass and hope that I choked on a dick and died. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, that was first. And then, the, and then the black ass comment came second. And I was like, dude, all because I was like, hey, listen, you know, this was literally a guy. I'm, I'm not kidding. Greg, you know, Greg makes the tweet going, well, you know, why do you feel this way? Kind of kind of calling that hashtag brigade out because like back in November or no back in January, he mm-hmm. had, like sent a smiley face tweet to somebody that was tweeting about the hashtag, right? This is November, yeah. Yeah, no, back in November. And literally there was what people it YouTube what it videos, there was people that were posting on, I think comicbook.com even at one point posted a, a story about it where, um, oh, Greg Wiseman may be hinting at a season three. No. <laughs> That's not <laughs> what he was doing.
5: Wait, 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 wait. Now hold on out again, because I've been out of the loop on these things lately. So you're telling me that a clickbait website sure. basically whole cloth invented a story out of nothing. In order to get attention? Is that is that what you're telling me,
4: Zach? No, no, be fair. Dumb people on Twitter invented it first. Okay, I'm squinting
5: out the window. The sky
6: is,
4: in fact, still blue. Oh, right. ah, it's getting a little on the gray
5: side, but still, mm-hmm. that's right. Oh, right. Okay, you know okay.
6: That, where the guy in the corner table says amateur amateurs at the people? You guys know that? <laughs> yes. Like, you guys are talking about, oh, man, yeah, the hashtag brigade. They're so, like... I'm just sitting at a table like amateurs, like
1: yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like,
6: and people, I I received
4: messages from people uh, saying, "Why don't you use the hashtag? Why don't you ever use the hashtag? Add it to your name." I did add a hashtag to my name. I added "Save Venture Brothers" to my name.
6: You guys, <laughs> you guys try tweeting about Zach Snyder sometime, and then and then talk to me about-
5: <laughs> then
1: talk. Oh Jesus! Me
5: just, try writing about Zach. How about how about you just write for a Spider-Man fan site a decade ago, write a positive review for Shed, and then have people on Bendis' message board trying to dox you and find ways for, to tell you to kill yourself. That I, actually I, I
6: was, actually...
5: I was born in controversy. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of you, <laughs> I'm, at where I,
6: I'm at the point where I censor Some of Zach you have Snyder's never gotten name. into a big flame war with Steve Wacker and Dan Slott
1: in its show.
4: But no, I have uh, been attacked by Snyder fanboys in the past. So nowadays, whenever I mention him, I just censor part of his name.
5: By the way, uh, I'm uh, looking for him. <laughs> By the way, sidebar: did, I, did how many of you guys uh, watched the Snyder Cut, which would
4: be I brand have, new
5: at the time of recording?
4: I have not, and uh, honestly, there are not enough hours in the day. And if I'm going to watch a four-hour movie, I'm just going to pop in the Return of the King Extended Edition again. I know okay, I
5: thank, okay, uh, okay. I'll admit, I only made that sidebar just to mock people how, who has that <laughs> much time in their lives and misery that they want to actually sit down and watch four hours of of a of, a, of a fucking. Oh, can I? I don't know. Sorry, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> if it's, so you could have some egomaniacal <laughs> lunatics just spend yeah. millions of dollars to shit out a movie onto the worst streaming service imaginable so that <laughs> you could sit down for four hours and just have a miserable, miserable time and increase the, the sadness of your life. And the aspect and don't don't do it, The aspect nervously.
4: ratio. <laughs>
6: <You're>, <laughs> you know what I could do with four hours? I could do a lot of things. HBO Max is a quality streaming service with plenty of titles (laughs) that the whole
1: family, (laughs)
6: including, by wolves and uh, and um, Doom Patrol and and of course yeah
5: yeah. Oh, hold on, hold on. Uh, Anything that I say on this podcast is my opinion and my opinion alone. It does not reflect the opinions of other members of the show or of the Spidey Dude Radio Network. (laughs) There is that better. Yeah, Yeah. did I I, I, I get this? I I got that out of the way, so now I can say HBO Max is
4: shit. (laughs) Okay, there you go. At least you can
0: log into HBO Max. I have an AT and T account and have had an AT and T account since Methuselah was a small child, and I still can't log into HBO Max with my AT and T account, even after I got on. Like I called AT and T's customer support, and they still didn't couldn't figure out why they couldn't help me. (laughs)
4: wow i just uh use it to watch classic movies mostly i've watched this in Kane since then the original godzilla gojira actually they have both versions up there
5: yeah i was i was just about to say the main thing i use it for is there's a lot of uh good samurai classic
0: movies on there lots of toshiro
5: mifune films and that kind of stuff
0: and for the record the only one of us i know that's watched it is josh because well he is a freelance writer for DC so yeah
1: yeah,
5: yeah I, I, I was I, going to I was going to sit down and watch Aquaman a while back and it just vanished off the surface for like a month and then came back suddenly it's almost <laughs> as if they don't know what the hell they're doing over there
6: <laughs> yeah yeah I had a very short turnaround to watch that movie and write an easter egg article around it while the kids were on spring break so that, it was a fun week I
0: sleep that the, for like that 48 hour period and then
6: yeah. um, but, um Microsoft like they were using some Microsoft service to like host the press screeners and then Microsoft had their outage that day so like my turnaround time shrank because they couldn't send the screener to the press for like it was like delayed by like 6 hours
0: <laughs> they sent it to some place where the internet literally broke and they couldn't and they couldn't distribute the film oh
5: my That's god so- I'm, I'm i'm imagining somebody frantically on a rolling chair sliding down a hallway turning a bunch of valves on pipes oh my god we gotta get the snyder cut out
6: (laughs) and there was all these conspiracy theories about how like there's a certain wb executive that a bunch of people in the snyder community have like a man for like aha he's behind this and it's like do you guys know how like multi-corporations like work how like this person like does not have access to like the hbo max like code from there. what are you talking
5: about uh, Bob? Uh, or Kathleen Kennedy personally uploads all of the Star Wars
6: content to
5: Disney Plus
6: is,
4: oh. it's her responsibility
6: <laughs> this has nothing to do with spectacular Spider-Man but one of the great <laughs> moments of the week was like these incels who like hate Kathleen Kennedy they invited Zack Snyder onto their um, uh, YouTube channel and he came on and he like just completely like said like hey I just want to say I'm not associated with these guys and uh, hate is wrong and um, we shouldn't be hating and after you know the hate crimes against you know Asians this week that really hit close to home. Anyway, you know, so let's get going. And I was like, mm-hmm. Oh <laughs>
4: he, Troll level
0: one thousand.
6: Like, you know what? You know what, Zach? What,
4: you know what, Mr. Snyder? Well done. I know you and I have never seen eye to eye, but well done.
5: <laughs> I was proud of Zack Snyder for several seconds and then I hit play on the Snyder Cut and realized, nope,
1: <laughs>
4: never mind
5: <laughs> fuck that guy, that guy. But, hey, you know but what we no. should do? we should give millions of dollars to the guy who made Sucker Punch so he could remake a crappy movie even crappier <laughs> okay, mm. okay, I'll stop, I haven't seen it yet yeah, I'm sure yeah. I'm sure I'll definitely block out four hours sometime soon instead of like um, doing valuable things like work or spending time with my girlfriend or or playing video games or just going uh, out and having a good time I'm gonna sit down for four hours and just watch the snyder cut with the razor blades sitting there so I can slip my wrist as soon as it's over
1: <laughs>
4: oh Gerard I'm gonna miss you <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna miss me I'm not gonna die but, <laughs> but today but I'm, gonna, I'm I'm gonna miss podcasting with you I <laughs> well, I mean, if you have them on Voices of the Eerie, nobody's going to stop you. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see someday. We'll see. But any, but in any event, I man, this this wasn't entirely off topic because a lot of these lunatics that attacked Zach, myself, Greg, Jan, etc. They're trying to Snyder cut this thing, in, a third season of Spectacular Spider-Man, into existence.
0: Yeah, and and as I explained literally on Twitter. I went okay let's use the young justice example young justice the intellectual property the means of distribution across the board is all owned by wb the net of uh, the the studio that creates the The cartoon that produces the cartoon is owned by Warner Brothers. It's literally owned top to bottom by AT and T across the board. So yeah, it's almost it was so much easier to bring back Young Justice because there wasn't two warring factions that were fighting over one intellectual property. It's it's really not that hard, but yet it becomes complex, quote unquote, and I'm air quoting here because people didn't under, don't understand the dynamics of how originally it was just Marvel that was dealing with Sony when this was all being done back in 07, when it was first announced. Then D- Disney buys Marvel, and suddenly Marvel has full access to a bunch of animation studios. Whether or not any of those cartoons are fine cartoons is irrelevant. They have full unfettered access, so they make sure to get the animation rights, because that's what Disney does.
4: Uh Uh-huh. Oh, my favorite incident of the week, of that week, was when some person came at me and said, but there is going to be a third season of Spectacular Spider-Man. They linked me towards this fan project where they're writing the scripts. They're going to do some amateur animation and do the voices. And the only thing I can say to that is, you know what, have fun. I hope you guys enjoy yourselves, but that's not an actual third season. It's fanfic. Uh, It's fanfic you know what? I'm not against fan fiction. Have fun. Knock yourselves out. I mean, some of this stuff can be pretty well done, especially on a fan budget, but don't pretend it's the real thing.
0: Gerard and I's relationship started because of me writing a fanfic.
4: Yeah, I'm on this this
5: recording right now because of fan fiction. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: In a weird roundabout way. Uh, So, like, out of, like, nobody's going to sit there and, and discount fan fiction, at least on this program. Like, so well, well, unless it's
4: my immortal, then then you know. <laughs> <laughs> God,
1: I haven't
0: heard that phrase in a long time. But, what
6: what if, but are, that, I mean, like the
4: greatest
0: here, ridicule.
6: like like geez, like <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: That's a deep cut from like two thousand seven? I don't even know. Deep cut so. is appropriate because
5: that's what all the people that were reading that were doing to themselves. Yeah,
4: that's true. Uh-huh. Oh, so Gerard. Since we have you on, and since you're really good at this, and this is one of the reasons why, I especially want of you on here, especially not just not just because you were a regular, but yes. but do you have any reality checks you would like to give to these hashtag people? <laughs> oh <laughs> no, just let you do. Oh no, you can't just you can't just set me up that <laughs> that openly
5: like that. There's all sorts of th- okay. Look, <laughs> guys. I'm just gonna be honest, okay. There's more to life that, like, as much as I love this car, this this show, uh, kind of we'll get to that later. <laughs> um, look, there are more important things. Like, we have to support HBO Max and the Snyder Cut. That's much more important right now, okay. So forget and like, and we have to defend all of these corporate people from getting their feelings hurt by people throwing rocks at them. Because, I mean, we all know that Kathleen Kennedy sits in her mansion at night wiping herself with $1,000 bills and, and having her various uh, 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 manservants that may or may not be getting paid cooking meals for her and things. She's laying there in, in like her, her giant hot tub thinking, like, you know, I'm so sad right now because people on the Internet don't like me. And then she starts crying and she she, like mops it up with another like giant bill and like crumples it up and throws it in the corner. That's like my entire year's salary like wasted just like blowing her nose into it. Guys, these corporate people have feelings too. And I want you to know that everything that you do affects their lives really, really significantly. You can't just say mean things to all of these rich people who didn't know you existed before yesterday and expect that it's just going to be okay. Think about their feelings too.
1: Greg, back to you.
4: I wanna add some music to that.
1: <laughs>
4: I, you know, you, no no no, you
5: gotta put some Sarah McLaughlin
0: music behind that. <laughs> if I had known I would have I would have had it ready to go and had it playing like gently in the background. <laughs>
5: Um, hold end end
4: on, I need to. I need to go.
5: I I, I. I. can't. I can't even. I don't even know if I can continue with this recording. I've been hit so emotionally thinking about how, the, the many was it four billion dollars that George Lucas got, and thinking that like you know remember when we made fun of him for making the prequels and stuff and it's like, that, you know how much his Disney stock is worth that he's that he like exchanged part of the rights for because it was like partially cash, partially stock. Like, just imagine how much more money he's making now just by taking that stock. And yeah. then think, like, oh, boy, the, his, he goes to sleep sad at night because the sequel to Star Wars movies suck. I mean, think about things like that before you go know, making hashtags.
0: I mean, I, I, I'm i going to go cry now. Just just continue. Gerard's going to have a minute. So we're going to give Gerard a minute. Uh, obviously, look, God almighty. We spent, me and Greg spent 30 minutes. Right now. We spent, Greg and I spent 30 minutes on Spidey to Experience, literally breaking everything down in, in just hyper detail. And these guys, look, they, they they want to be, and Greg Greg Wiseman said it best. These people want to be lied to. They don't want to accept reality. They don't want to accept um that there's going to be obstacles. Here's what I'll guarantee. And Greg and I have talked about this off air. I guarantee you there's going to be a 4k Blu-ray release of this show come this fall because that and the new MTV series, the new animated series from MTV that Sony produced, I guarantee you there's probably gonna be a 4k release of that. Why? Because Sony makes money off that particular merchandise. You want to support the show? Go buy those 4Ks. Even if you don't have a 4K TV or a 4K capable player, hey, put your money where your mouth is.
4: But it's still Um, not going to create a third season.
3: It's It's just not not going to
4: happen.
0: It's it's just not going to happen. Because Disney would have to pay Sony, or buy Sony, and as Greg kind of so eloquently put, uh, that's like buying the entire country of Japan, and I don't think that they're going to allow that. So... (laughs) Like no FCC is going to be able to be like, so we're going to buy the entire country of Japan. Uh, is that okay? I mean, eventually Disney's going to rule all our lives. It's fine, but
4: it's, it's and, here, and here I wanted and here I was hoping Godzilla would become a Disney princess.
5: <laughs> so okay, okay, I'm back now. Um, I just like to make a comment about the guys. Third season of the show is not going to happen. Get a fucking life. Move on.
4: You know what? God I damn. I agree with that. I Look agree look with guys,
5: that. guys. Remember remember what after remember that whole drama that happened what was it a year or two ago with like, oh no, they're not going to make another MCU Spider-Man movie cuz they had that pissing match over the film rights right between Sony and Disney. Think about how dramatic and serious that was when there's so much more money at stake. <laughs> Do you think anyone mm-hmm. at either of these companies gives a flying fuck? about a show that's been off the air for over a decade okay they don't care if they're gonna bring back any show they're gonna bring back like you know the 90s show or something to do another season of it because hey we can make money on this much more easily and more people are like aware of i hate to say this okay and i know it's like it's gonna hurt your feelings greg by those standards this show is relatively obscure as far as, like, the hierarchy of what... what When people say Spider-Man cartoons, which are the ones that, like, run down the list, this is, like, fourth or fifth, like, highest on the hierarchy. And that's only if you're one of those people who, d- d- like, didn't watch all the recent ones and the, those will probably be ahead of the list. No one's going to be clamoring like for for the minuscule amounts of money that are going to be made to produce a third season of this show. By comparison of you know th- the fact that they almost missed out on the money that would be made on a third MCU Spider Man movie. Put it in perspective and just think about mm-hmm. things like that and realize how small, fry, pointless, and stupid your 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 idiotic hashtag campaign is.
0: Right, and uh, if you're using, and and I, and I pointed this out in one of the many exchanges I had over the uh, like over the period of time I was we were tweeting about it, I said, look, if you're using this as a means to promote the show and raise awareness for the show, great, but don't mislead people into thinking that by by simply posting a hashtag and getting it trending on Twitter and making the algorithms work right that you're going to be able to. You know, influence the executives at Sony and and Disney. You're better off doing a letter writing campaign. You know, in and form- not even that, not even that, and, and, and that's again going to be minuscule. The chances of it happening are, are slim to none because the financials don't make sense. And unfortunately, ninety percent of the ninety nine percent of the time, animated series don't get renewed because of the finances it's not because of the or sometimes it's during the quality but most of the time it's does it make money is it making money well if it's quality people are watching it then yeah it's going to be making money the merchandise sells and stuff like that Go
4: back. It's, go if back. it's not quality and it's if it's not quality it's still making money i can name some shows but i won't because <laughs> I've, i i don't want to be that guy anymore right to be that
6: guy you're, you're not going to be a family guy
4: <laughs> oh geez oh
6: go wow, back, go, mean that was what i was talking about
5: <laughs> go back through the annals of history of, of like animation and see how many cartoons stopped producing new episodes at or around 65 mm-hmm. and, then, and then ask yourself why is that and then once you realize why that is it makes perfect sense it's it's how much you can package these things to exist forever and yes now that streaming services are a thing that makes it easier, you can have less amounts of things. Oh, you can binge watch an enti- you know, the entire show in X amount of time. You don't think these executives know that? <laughs> because if, if they realized they could have made money on this by now, it would have already happened. Exactly. Somebody already crunched the numbers, realized, nah, it ain't worth our time, and dismissed it.
0: I mean look at what Hasbro did this last year with the retro carded figures for Marvel Legends why because there's a nostalgia pop for the 1990 show
1: and
4: granted I've been explaining to grand- people all over the place that those are not based on the 90s cartoon or based on on uh, Dicko and Ramirez art, but you know, that's
6: yes, yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. Who could ever forget the Steve Dicko Cletus Cassidy? You know, <laughs> <laughs> or,
0: or, or, who, who, who could, could ever forget, <laughs> forget the Target exclusive Negative Zone Spidey that was from one issue in 1998?
4: Well, <laughs> well, you know what I mean. I actually have they put Carnage on one of those retro cards yet? I don't think so.
0: No, I, I, I get a feeling. Um, supposedly, according to rumors, we'll get another wave later on this. Sh- Look, we're gonna get bombarded with Spidey merchandise like the fourth quarter of this year because of the fact we got a new film coming out so just stay tuned they're going to put those retro cards sold so well overall that Hasbro is going to continue to make it it's just like again there's a better chance of the 90s show coming back there's a better chance of uh, of spectacular friends there's yeah, better chance of amazing friends and I'll say this there's a better chance of a agreement being made between Sony and, and Marvel to license this show and the MTV show to get all the Spider-Man stuff on Disney plus than a season three coming. Okay.
6: George W. Bush was president when the first episode of spectacular Spider-Man premiered. George W. That's (laughs) true. He was
4: president since then.
6: Yeah. We're, uh huh. We are three presidents later, and like one of them served two terms. So like, uh <laughs> it's. Uh, I,
0: I I
5: would have issued an executive order for another season of spectacular Spider-Man if you had elected me again. Your loss, losers. Dead. <laughs> it's
2: so bad. It, I would have. I would have done it because somebody told me about it, and it said, said it would have got me another vote. So I'll do it. You know, it's fine. It's great. It's a been,
5: I, I, I talk to animators. I know the best animators. They know Very what best. Doing.
4: It's a and, huge watch, and watch. We find out he knows the people that they come. <laughs> I,
6: I, 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 it was my idea for Disney I, to get the animation rights. I know. I, I know on, the be- I know the best
5: yeah. bottom shelf Korean animators.
4: Yep. <laughs> For those of you who don't know ACOM, Gerard was over at my house once. We watched a couple of Transformers episodes and one of the ones I picked was called Carnage and C Minor, which had an animation error every other shot. Scaling <laughs> issues, characters that died two seasons ago. Oh, dude, my... I just
5: remember sitting on that, like, the, the what is it, cows that you have down there, and we yeah. just pointed and laughed. <laughs> just pointing and laughing at the stupidity. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: So, like, all that being said because we got a lot of stuff we're we're covering in this episode. All that being said, there's so many things that have a much better chance of happening than a season 3. Mm-hmm. We love the show, you know, and I even proposed a second hashtag, spec Spidey rocks, something along those lines. You wouldn't see, you would see me and Greg tweeting or tweeting that out, you know, once mm-hmm. a week. the show moving the guys I'm, that are in this room right now because we've spent Greg and I, and B- Greg has been on every single episode of this show I haven't been on every se- single episode I haven't been on, you know, there's been a, there were several interviews I wasn't on uh, there were a couple of fan panels nearly we every on. episode of the, sh- of the fan panels so like we was- yeah we've well, made was- an investment of of over 50 hours of recording that's out there longer really because there's things we edit out We've made a sizable investment over the better part of seven years to bring you this type of content. We love the show. We have, we've supported the show. You know, Greg had a vested interest in the season three, but it didn't happen. And unfortunately, stuff happens in life and you, you just move on like what Gerard says.
5: No, exactly. you guys are you guys are fake fans stop it <laughs> I, cer- I certainly have never seen with my own eyes a copy of a script that greg had everyone sign or anything like that he doesn't own anything like that he doesn't have a, a fancy poster he doesn't have any of the, the dvd no none of that stuff he certainly isn't like one of the one of the most like hardcore fans and collectors of this show or anything like that. No,
3: come on. Yeah,
4: I'd have to say, for those of you out there who have declared me public enemy number one to this show, no, you're... I'm going to say this. I love this show as much as anybody does, but I accepted reality on the fact that there would never be a third season of this way back when it was an, when it was announced because of the whole deal between Marvel and Sony because I understand how this industry works. I understand... That they would have to hire lawyers who would cut through every 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 little word, every little letter to make sure that each side can maximize the amount of profits. And Sony and Marvel don't have the best working relationship, even to this day. I knew what that meant. There's plenty, I believe in bringing things back. There's plenty of, of but everything that I would stand to bring back, there's at least it's owned locked stock by their studio, their creator, so that they don't have to hire a damn lawyer to get it done
0: exactly and that's the bottom line is that financially it didn't make sense legally it doesn't make sense because again marvel has access to things that they didn't have access when they made this agreement with sony to distribute back in the day so like
6: the longer it goes over too, the harder it is to get the band back together as well like yes. because it's because at what point is it is it not the same show anymore if you can't get i mean the same yeah, adam I'm- You can't get the same voice actors and, you know, like,
4: I mean, yeah. Even if you get Greg, Vic and uh, Jamie and all the voice actors said they would be game to do it. There's going to be an episode. There's going to be a series writer that may have been important that you couldn't get back. There's you're not going to have the same exact team.
0: Basically, everybody's going to have to quit their jobs to come back to do this job that may or may not happen. Uh, uh, what? <laughs> like, and that brings up another point that Greg Greg Wiseman brought up was we know we lost a show. They lost their livelihoods for a short period for a period of time. Now, granted, because they, they they were able to bounce back, but like everybody acts like, oh, you know, our entertainment's so important. Look, the people that make it love it, and they put their hearts and souls into it, and they're trying to create make great content. It it doesn't. <laughs> But when people's, you know, livelihoods are on the line, so you're telling me that Greg's gonna sit there on a maybe and quit what he's already doing to go jump and do and do, uh, Spec Spidey. No, it's not happening. Uh, again, Gargoyles has a better chance of coming back than Spec Spidey season three.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: Oh, don't open that can of worms. <laughs> Please
1: don't.
0: That's a tease for later on the episode.
4: <laughs> it's not. It, 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 it's not really. A t- well, it is, but it's not a not for a campaign. We'll talk about that later. But um in any event, I I've think read so is...
5: many clickbait articles. They're making a live action gargoyles movie. I've seen. Oh this. yeah,
4: the, it's a hundred percent true. Oh yeah, the April Fool's joke. I remember that thing. <laughs> oh, have we got this covered. Do what? Uh, have we got this covered?
6: <laughs> I believe <laughs> we have this. got this. Covered, bl-
4: huh? we do. All right. So I believe. We can now move on, we have an email to read. Yes, Greg, read us. Or do you want to read the email? Or do you want me to read the email? I'll, I'll read the email. All Here right.
6: Spectacular <laughs> douchebags. You think you're so tough. Well, have you considered this? What if Disney and Sony were locked in a room together? I'm sure that they'd be able to figure out how to get this show back, but you're just too much of a hater to not see
0: it i'm surprised you should have written that out like and we would have read it on
6: air yes (laughs) all
4: right i'll read the i'll read the real email hello all longtime fan proto goblin here to the gang spectacular radio i just wanted to congratulate you guys on a podcast well done Spectacular Spider-Man was was truly one of the tragic examples of a good show canceled way too soon, and even more aggravating when one realizes if it had simply started a few years earlier or later, it probably would have avoided the Sony-Marvel negotiations and legal entanglements that resulted in its premature end. Well, I definitely agree with earlier, as for later, we'll talk about that after this. However, rather than do all the negatives, one should celebrate the positives, which is, of course, enjoying the 26 episodes we did get, and that's exactly what this podcast has done so exceptionally well. The interviews with showrunner Greg Wiseman for every episode act very much like a DVD-style commentary, and hearing the behind-the-scenes insights from one of the best in the modern-day Western animation field is always a joy. Of course, you guys also managed to get a number of other members of both cast and crew on various episodes as well. And I loved hearing the insights from all of them too. The fan panel episode supplementing each interview episode was also great as it gives a chance to hear varying opinions of several different fans from their own personal experiences and feelings towards each episode. And I feel the regular crew of Zach, Greg, and Gerard are a great mix together. But of course, all good things must come to an end as the final curtain comes to a close and the fat lady from gangland begins to sing. I say once again, <laughs> congratulations on a job well done. I look forward to whatever future endeavors may await you all. And one can only hope that hope some angels in the night perhaps give some inspiration to the two of Greg's other to the two Greg's to do another podcast sometime in a not too distant future. As Stanley would say, Excelsior, fellas, Excelsior indeed. Thank you, Proto Goblin. You've been giving us uh, constant feedback on the website throughout the show, and believe me, it is appreciated.
0: Yeah, we really appreciate all the feedback we've gotten, all the positive, even the negative feedback we've gotten over the years. And it's just been been a really awesome experience. Uh, It definitely didn't go the way Greg and I originally envisioned it. I think it went even better than we ever thought. Yes. It would be, and and uh, you know, I'm just thankful for all three guys in this room. You know, um, you guys were all awesome, and and yes, Josh is this is his first technical time, I think, on the show. But
4: no, Josh has been on a couple times before. Yeah, I've, t- I've been on a
6: couple times.
5: Oh well, I, I, <laughs> what, what, you not? I mean, did not know the history of your own shows. That
0: eh? uh, embarrassing I, I, fact. What well, I meant right? was. I knew he'd be like you'd done like separate recordings with him on and off, but like
4: no, no, I, he was he on us so for market at, forces at, and oh, competition right, also. Right, I forgot.
5: Okay, my oh, bad. Oh, you're gonna get killed on Twitter for this, deservedly <laughs> so. Hashtag kill Zach uh, z- <laughs> <laughs>
6: like If the experience is to be forgetful, then mission accomplished. <laughs> my, my bad, Josh. But no.
0: like... <laughs> Whether it was you know Kristen or Jennifer or Josh and Gerard and and you know uh, all the Jesse, people
1: don't forget
4: Jesse. <laughs> I was just gonna say are you just not gonna remember I wasn't Jesse? gonna
0: I was gonna bring Jesse up in a second but yes no and, and Jesse too like everybody that was on these shows the the hours that they invested the time that they invested was I'm so thankful for because it creates a very rich picture because. Like, Gerard, you know, tends to be a little bit more critical of this show
1: <gasps> than
0: maybe <Rigno.
4: laughs> No, no, it's fine. You know what? I'm fine with that. I'm perfectly fine with that. If I wanted to hear just my own opinions, it would be just me. Believe me. Which is the hardest shows to do. Don't do it. Always no. have
0: to
5: <laughs> Well, it doesn't help that when you're doing those solo episodes, you're usually covering garbage like New, new Warriors and... A uh, 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 ultimate amazing one point three five special
0: <laughs> annual ah. quarterly. See, and uh, the thing was, was I was trying to save everybody the the. Having to read the garbage, you know, I you know, I couldn't save everybody from everything, but you know that stuff, you know. So you wait, made wait, me,
4: wait, wait. Symbiote,
6: you say, me we re- Planet of the symbiote. I was gonna say we replan of the symbiotes because a scheduling email takes like six months. Like, <laughs> hey, can we do Sunday? Yeah, Sunday. Oh, shoot, no, I got to think Sunday. Okay, how about Saturday? Oh, no, 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 I got it. And like, I've seen Supreme Court well, decisions
0: get done faster.
4: I'm gonna be honest. I'm amazed and always in awe at the podcasts that come out weekly.
0: <laughs> yeah except when you run out of content to talk about that's when that's when you're like crap what am i gonna talk about this week oh i'll talk about i'll talk about random hashtags on twitter let's do that no we no no, no. What you,
5: what you need to do is start padding out your content by having like an hour where you cover news stories that are vaguely related to spider-man but actually have nothing to do with him. oh i understand
0: <laughs> So, but we have several voicemails. We didn't just have an email; we had several voicemails, and I'm going to play this first one from our friend David.
2: Hey, Spidey Dude Radio crew, my name is Isaiah Ben I'm from Queens. I'm calling and uh, leaving a voicemail now for Spec Radio. Spectacular Spider Man podcast is ending. And now, you guys are close, so I just want to say congratulations to finishing Spec Season 2, and, like you, I wish we would get a Season 3 and beyond. Keep up the good work.
0: But, uh, yeah, thanks, David. We really appreciate
4: it. Like, yeah, Thank you. Uh,
0: you know, we really got excited uh, when we, like, when we, when Greg and I started seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, I was like, man, we could, we could finish this up. We can actually do it. Like, we... <laughs> Like it was exciting,
4: so
5: wow! That's be a backhanded insult or for the light at the end of the tunnel.
4: You make it sound like this show was torture or something. No, 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 <laughs> like, no, no, no! <laughs> no, no. I mean, it's, when I, when we first started, I didn't think we would get here. Honestly, I really didn't. Yeah, that's I was what I'm mean. try. Yeah, that's what I meant. Uh, this show wasn't torturous. This
0: show was a lot of fun. I had a blast. Me too. Over these last seven years doing the show, like, but the, you know, whether it was me or. You know, the schedules it, trying to like what like Greg said and like what Josh alluded to trying to schedule a show like this is not easy. <laughs> it takes a lot of time and like everybody has lives. They have things going on. When we mm-hmm. started this show, I have my child, that's how old the show is <laughs> like I've my daughters are going to be six in May. Like,
4: like, yeah, like when we started this show, you hadn't even gotten married for the first time yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah.
5: Exactly. And by the time, by the time this show airs, you're gonna be divorced for the third time. Okay, oh. that's, that's okay. That's a little unfair. Wow.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's pretty bad. I was gonna congratulate you on having a girlfriend. Then you like throw that at me. Ow! Congratulations. Hey, listen, pal. Elevator, my dude. <laughs> all right, in all seriousness, Gerard. Congratulations. Oh, thanks. congratulations. So I'm, I'm I'm I am profoundly happy for you. All right, we got another voicemail. We got two more. Uh, This one is from Jesse. Hello, Spectacular Radio. This
2: is Jesse Betteridge from Vancouver, B.C., uh, the creator and admin of the Keep the Spectacular Spider-Man Alive Facebook group. And if you're on Facebook and haven't joined that group, please do so. Uh, I just wanted to congratulate you guys on finally covering all 26 episodes of the series and reaching Final Curtain, an episode I still fondly remember frantically torrenting after it aired in Australia. As someone who makes a podcast, I can tell you it is no small feat that you've covered all this, uh, and it's been great to hear you guys helping to keep the conversation going around the show. Uh, it's also been amazing just to see how much all of you have changed over the period of time that you've been covering this one show, uh, not to mention how much the entertainment we consume has changed over that time, and how much the world has changed uh, throughout this series of podcasts. Um, the early episodes are so very much from a different time it's it's kind of incredible uh but as we come out the other end uh we can see that spectacular spider-man has endured through all of that and maybe stronger than ever uh than it's ever been uh thanks a lot guys it's been great
4: and thank you for that voicemail jesse i'm actually going to talk about in some ways how i've changed as a podcaster near the end of the show but yeah. i do appreciate that you've noticed that uh, <laughs> That so um thank you for very much for that and uh, th- also thank you for the Facebook group it is a great group I enjoy it and um, a bastion of sanity in regards to spectacular Spider Man fandom.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is very true, very very true. Uh, look, it, this the level headed the ones that you know started the show. You know, start watch the show when it came out, or they've came to it later with the DVD, Blu-ray set. I mean, I, I introduced my daughter to the show last summer, um, you know, so it's having the the way we consume media. Yeah, he's completely right. I mean, we didn't have like Netflix was still being I think delivered via mail at the point when we very first started the show. So you know, if not, I think they had just started doing streaming. They were they had been doing streaming long. I I, I forget the timeline, but like. You know, this show it, and all the shows on Spidey Dude, I mean, when we, you go back and listen to me and Josh and Gerard and Greg on, on Clone Soccer Chronicles from 2009 or 2012, you know, it's a completely we, we were all at completely different points in our lives. And so it, it is crazy to, to when you're sitting there binging through these through these episodes to see how much we've changed. And, you know, I like I echo Greg's sentiment. Um Thank you for that Facebook group. It's been a it's a really positive, great community, uh, even though we have to answer why there's no season three, like every two or three months. (laughs) But people are, are very level headed there. Like when we explain what like what everything's going on now, I can literally just. Post the YouTube link in the chat and be like, here, just listen to this or listen to this episode of Spec Radio.
4: One of my favorite moments is when Josh Keaton himself came into that group to explain to someone why there was no third season. And this person wasn't being asinine about it, they were genuinely curious. And I explained it. And then Josh came in and explained it afterwards. You know, it's uh, really cool of him to do that because believe me, he doesn't have to.
0: Gerard, Josh, any reactions?
6: Um, no, just that was that was sweet. That was that was nice. When you said Jesse, I was like, oh, cool, Jesse Garrett, but uh, another <laughs> Jesse who's also awesome. Yeah, yeah we had thanks. Jesse
4: on for um, it was uh, intervention and uh, nature versus nurture at the end of the first season. Yeah, Jordan. Yeah, I would say that's a really that's a really sweet message,
5: Jesse. And I and I agree, you're right. My podcasting has definitely changed from when I started to right now, where I continue to podcast. Oh.
0: <laughs> I appreciate
5: the sentiment, though. Uh,
0: I, I just wanted... To, I, I need to get that TikTok uh, sound of, oh, no. Uh, but uh, speaking of Josh Keaton, surprise, guys, because I didn't tell Gerard and Josh this, but uh, we have a message from... Hey, everyone. It's your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Just swinging by Spectacular Radio to thank each and every one of you for supporting little old me. And... As for myself, I just wanted to thank all of you for continuing to support the spectacular Spider-Man for over a decade. It continues to be a wonderful show, and while I'm sad that we're not making any more, I'm glad that Greg and Vic and Cheeks and the rest of the crew and all of the cast were able to make this amazing, albeit cut-off, love letter to the one and only web-slinger. So yeah, that, that was the man himself, Josh Keaton, uh, leaving us a nice note. Um uh... Recording that for us and sending it to us via email.
1: Uh, What
5: does he he mean, cut off early? Like, their show is coming back. Well, he's in
6: denial. (laughs) Notice that was the third voicemail you played, aka season three. (laughs) He referred to himself as the spectacular Spider Man in present tense. This is a coded message
4: (laughs) Half Life 3 confirmed.
6: (laughs) Okay. I, I don't want to So und-
4: basically what you're saying is that Sean Sheikh Galloway is the rightful president of the United States. Well, a I don't, don't
6: <laughs> want to undermine that awesome voicemail by just uh, you know yeah. fun of uh, it. That was uh, that was really sweet. And um one thing about the show that I like is um you know the cast has fond memories of it. Like Josh Keenan like still owns that role. It's not just like some job that he did a while ago. I love that, you know, the people who worked on the show have a passion for it and uh, memories of it. Oh, they all do. I've seen uh, quite
4: a bit of it. Steve Blum will still talk about, still talk about it constantly. Vanessa Marshall, who was one of my favorite guests that we've had. And uh, well, actually, we'll talk about Jordan. I will talk about that when we discuss fond memories of working on this podcast. Yes. I'm
0: still jealous, by the way. <laughs> as you should be. <laughs> I, as I should be. But but yeah, no. like it, it, We wanted to you know, give proper things, their proper time. And you know, yeah, we had to do the space, the save spec recap, but like the feedback we got. And and when, when Greg sent that Josh, uh, voicemail to me, I, I jumped out of my chair. I was super excited. Um, I just really thankful. I mean, I got to talk to him and I got to talk to a lot of great people. And the insight that I gained about creating a show like this is, something that I'll always cherish and hold um, v- very highly. And, and you know, the great thing about this show is that I can introduce them via the Blu-ray to the, to the shows. And then, you know, if they get a little older and they, and they fall in love with the show, I can sit there and present this show to them and say, Hey, you know, you want to know how this, how this show is made. You want to hear some great insight from some great people the people that worked very hard to bring this to you, well, here you go. And then if you want to hear what your dad thought with some other friends, you know, here you go. And and so... uh,
4: Yeah, be careful. We get a little bit raunchy on those.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's fine. Uh, Listen, uh, (laughs) I, I fully expect once my kids become, you know past elementary school age the, the the language we use is nothing they don't hear in the halls of and even
4: probably elementary school at this point so you know it's oh just, definitely <laughs> in elementary school definitely probably as soon as kindergarten
5: you can you can tell which guys in this room have not grown up around the New York area <laughs> I think I think as soon as I came I out enough. of the I think as soon as I was born the doctor looked down at me just went fuck
0: <laughs> yeah well, you know, after my sister kicking me out, they're like, wait, there's two. Um, so, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm just so, so thankful for everything that this show has given me and Greg and you, the listener. And it's just really yeah. such a, yeah. it's a bittersweet day, like, yeah. like Greg kind of alluded to at the top. It's very bittersweet, I think, for yeah. everybody.
4: Yeah, and speaking of the voice cast, I just have to say a shout out to Steve Bloom. We tried many times to get him for an interview. We were never quite able to do it because he's one of the hardest working men in the business. But he was still nice enough to send us that Green Goblin intro clip to play at the beginning of a show, which I posted at the beginning of our Gangland episode. I believe, Yeah, I believe it was Gangland, yeah. yeah. And then there was Alan Rakins, who's an even bigger actor who does live TV. I was really surprised to get that one from him
0: and here in a little bit we've 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 compiled a uh, we've compiled all of the audio from the shout outs over the years and we're going to play it here in a little bit unless greg wants me to play it now it's up to him but we can play it now we
4: can play it again later at school
0: <laughs> i mean for for those that don't know uh, what we're talking about if this is your first time listening to the show here's a here's a taste of some of the fine people that have either contributed directly on the on the episodes or they sent us uh, these things out of the kindness of their hearts and thank you again for all this
2: hi this is Vanessa Marshall the voice of Mary Jane from the Spectacular spider-man and you're listening to spectacular radio podcast face it tiger
3: you just hit the jackpot
0: hey what's up everybody it's the spectacular spider-man and you're listening to spectacular radio so uh yeah check it out not sure who this Josh Keaton guy is, though.
3: Greetings. <laughs> we are Venom. Why listen, are Venom. listen to our not-so-spectacular so spectacular spider, spider bro when you, you can listen to us, Venom, Venom radio. radio. We
1: like,
3: like the, the sound of that. of that. This is Sergei Kravinov, Craven the Hunter, and you are listening to Spectacular Prey Radio. If you don't listen... You will be the next prey I hunt. This is J. Jonah Jameson, publisher of the Daily Bugle, and you are listening to a bunch of degenerates glorify a mass menace. Turn this podcast off and listen to NASA's Gravity Assist podcast, where they talk about real heroes like my son, John. My name is Norman Osborne, owner and CEO of Oscorp and the man behind the Green Goblin's mask. <gasps> Don't apologize for listening to Spectacular Radio. I never do. Hello. Good evening, mon frere. I am the Green Goblin, and you are listening to Spectacular Radio. Face it, tiger. It's much more fun than an ultimate podcast.
1: <laughs>
0: yes that's uh, that last bit still makes me laugh every time I hear him say it. <laughs> for the record he just did that on his own Greg yes. did not chokes him into doing it mm-hmm.
5: <laughs> can I just say how weird it is now having played the Insomniac Spider-Man games hear J. Jonah Jameson talking about podcasts <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I want you to bring that up oh uh, boy <laughs> yeah, yeah.
4: You're not. Those games are great. Oh, by the way, I do have to say one thing though about J- what Jonas said. He's right. We are a bunch of degenerates. Yeah, yeah.
5: I I uh, wouldn't argue against that.
4: <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, if, if you're reading the current like
0: issues of Amazing Spider-Man, they have incorporated that element from the Insomniac game into into the fact that Jonas is doing podcasting now. So, oh
5: no way! The comics are stealing something from a better, more popular version. Get out of tune course i mean it's a good
0: idea why not <laughs> mm-hmm. so, uh but yeah no it is it is funny because i like when we recorded that that episode that was, was several years before they even announced the game
4: yeah so, uh
0: yeah <laughs> but yeah it is funny hearing uh you know jay Jonah jameson ranting about podcasting
6: I'm, I'm but what? Ishkin said bro because, like, that whole time I was like, say the thing.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, the funny thing about that is that he did that both voices, the Eddie Brock voice and the symbiote voice live. I edited them together and then I emailed to him and, and asked him, How's this? I mean, I work hard at it together and he said it sounds off and then he did it himself.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, like, it wasn't completely perfect and like then sent that back to us and was like, It's here it is. And we're like,
4: Dude. Which again. He did not have to do that.
1: No.
6: By the way, fun uh, Ben in fact, he does Bebo on uh, Legends of Tomorrow. Oh, cool!
1: Oh, I didn't no, know that.
4: Yeah, yeah, last I heard, he's Gonzo on the current Muppet Babies. Also, nice. <laughs> I mean, I <laughs> do know, I do know that when the show was on, he would teach kids Taekwondo and he would shout at them in the Venom voice. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Which, I mean, if you can do that voice, you use it. Like, it terrified children into doing things the proper way in Taekwondo. I I support this.
4: (laughs) I think it was Taekwondo. It was definitely a martial art. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe it's mixed martial arts. Who knows?
0: So, all right. We've been kind of, we're almost an hour in. We've been doing all this stuff. Greg, I think it's time for the last time for you to do the, the episode recap of Final Curtain.
4: All right. Ah, here we go. Spider-Man is in a heated battle with the Green Goblin's pumpkin hen- henchmen as they raid a delivery of weapons. Though Spidey captures the majority of them, they provide no information as to where the Green Goblin is. Because there's no sound that you see. There's no, just music. There's no dialogue. And <laughs> Okay. Uh, never mind. Oh, we'll probably talk about good. that. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Greg, yeah. Greg went on. Wiseman went on a little bit of a rant about that at the beginning of our last interview with him. Anyway, one of the pumpkin heads escapes with a truck's worth of weapons. All Spidey knows is that he needs to save his missing friend, missing friend Harry Osborn, from its own globulin green induced insanity. Back home, Peter Parker apologizes to Liz Allen for missing the school play due to work, quote unquote. Liz tries to be supportive and subtly hints that perhaps Peter's emotions are for her are actually meant for someone else, like Gwen Stacy. Peter's love life issues are interrupted by an urgent call from Gwen to meet her at her house. Harry Harry Osborn is with her, and he needs his help. Oh, and I sh- didn't write down, I should have mentioned a great scene from Aunt May where she pretty much tells him that he needs to be honest with both of them and with himself. Because Aunt May on this show is not a complete moron like she is in uh, certain other versions, but... I'm, of course, referring to Amazing Friends, because who the hell would keep that stupid poodle around? I'm kidding, I'm kidding. We all enjoy Amazing
1: Friends.
4: (laughs) Unless you're
0: slot, and then you you slaughter everybody in the Amazing Friends universe and leave poor Miss Lion to sit there and howl for lonely into the night. Hey, that dog defeated Magneto.
5: (laughs) I was just about to say, friend. (laughs) <laughs> if you've read the uh the, the pet avengers stories, that dog's been involved with taking down all sorts of bad guys now.
4: Seven little superheroes. Okay, anyway, Peter arrives to find Harry sitting on the couch. Harry explains his addiction to the globulin green to Peter and Gwen and how he believed himself to be the Green Goblin as a result of the chemical warping his mind. However, Harry now claims that the Green Goblin is a separate person from himself and he had kidnapped him, explaining his recent absence from the play. Harry is encouraged by Gwen to to speak with his father for help after harry leaves peter and gwen spend some time recognizing their feelings for each other unaware that harry is listening with a very jealous scowl on his face back at the osborne penthouse Harry begs Norman for help, but isn't getting any. Spider-Man, however, shows up and accuses Norman of being the Green Goblin, recalling last Halloween when he saw Norman exit a secret passage in the home, which turned out to be a wine cellar instead of a supervillain lair. Norman calmly defends himself by stating that he was present when the Green Goblin stole the inhibitor prototype device from Oscorp and walks out into the balcony with Spider-Man before he receives a phone call, and Norman apologizes to Peter and goes off to take that call from donald menken the balcony suddenly explodes and the goblin flies in with finger sappers blazing after a short fight that ends with the goblins escape spidey confronts the osbornes again with both of his prime suspects innocent spidey asks him if anybody else has access to globulin green Nora mentions sound menken but menken has vanished and company records were erased the next day at the school, Peter's feelings for Gwen only grow deeper as he's ultimately forced to end his relationship with, with Liz, so she publicly makes a show of the breakup to save face of their peers. Liz is privately brought to tears. At ESU, Peter and Gwen meet with Dr. Kurt Connors are, and his wife, Martha, who are saddened to learn that he and his family are moving to Florida, and his research is now in the hands of Dr. Miles Warren, whom Kurt's wife, Martha, does, does definitely does not trust. For very obvious reasons, if you had yes, watched some did. text, and um, speaking of, I mentioned the name Martha, and after all that time talking about the Snyder Cut, no one makes the obvious joke.
0: I <laughs> it's so it's so like low hanging fruit. Like I, I think even the rest of us were like, ah, yeah, that's played out. Yeah, oh my god.
5: It was... it's sidebar story. I was watching uh the sound of music earlier today with my girlfriend, and we get to one of the scenes where all the children are sitting there, and she and she goes, uh the one next sitting next to I can't remember the kid's name looks so mean. I'm like, she has a name, you know. She goes, Oh yeah, it's like uh Martha or something. And I went, Martha, why did you say that na-? And she was looking at me like I was a lunatic. It was great.
4: <laughs> you know what? She doesn't <laughs> get that <laughs> reference That's and good for her.
0: <laughs> She's <laughs> girlfriend who probably hasn't seen the film oh no 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 she
5: got the reference immediately when she started <laughs> laughing but she looked at me like why would you think of that
6: watching this of all things." <laughs> it's because
0: for the longest time anytime anybody said the name
5: Martha. I
6: know. <laughs> spider-man is in that movie uh, uh and, right
5: <laughs> yeah
0: that's what i heard uh,
5: there's an easter yeah, uh, wait hold on wait, wait, repeat that again
0: uh, there's an Easter egg uh, of Peter Parker like on the wall of like the memorial, of the people that died, I guess, during the Superman, you know, destroying. I,
5: I, was, I was talking about sound of music. Nick Hammond. I was I was about to say Nicholas Hammond is one of the kids. I thought that's where he was going. Oh, yeah. I totally forgot. My bad.
4: Shut nice. up. Nice. I did not know that.
0: Yeah, he plays uh, Friedrich, I believe. Now that you mention that, I okay. Yeah, I, I, yeah, like I said, I totally forgot about Nick Hammond being. <laughs> <laughs> Peeing in
4: the sound, <laughs> Nick, how Hammond, dare you? Who, inspi- who inspired Christopher Daniel Barnes Spider-Man's hairstyle
1: and
6: he's <laughs> Because, yeah, Peter <he did>. <laughs> <Z>. like, <laughs> yeah. Parker was jacked. <laughs>
4: <laughs> anyway, <laughs> he could bench press a car. Oh wait,
1: <laughs>
4: this is all staying in. That evening, Spidey is given Mencken's location by Norman and pays him a visit with Norman and Harry following via helicopter. When Spidey confronts Mencken, gas suddenly floods the penthouse, knocking them both out as the goblin arrives, but follows as a heated battle above the rooftops of Manhattan as Spider-Man and the Green Goblin go to war with each other, with the water towers converted into pumpkin bomb bomb cannons and armed pumpkin heads both on the rooftops and in hovercrafts. Spidey is clearly overwhelmed by the onslaught and is barely able to keep up. Eventually, Spidey pulls off the Green Goblin's mask and reveals his true identity as... Norman Osborne, Yes.
6: <laughs> Good. <laughs> Initially confused
4: at scene two
6: Normans, Harry remembers... What? what? I was saying if they ever bring back the 90s show, they have to bring back the same composer. Mm-hmm. Who was <laughs> that?
4: Anyway, I'm sure someone can find out within a couple <laughs> of seconds.
6: Or someone. Or...
4: Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, while you do that, initially confused at scene two Normans, Harry remembers how he apologized to them last night. The one thing Norman Osborne never, ever does and unmasks his passenger as a chameleon, who promptly decides that he did not sign on for this crap and escapes. (laughs) Back with Spidey, Norman explains that he had been the Green Goblin the entire time, having treated himself with globulin, green, and gaseous form to circumvent the side effects. He then brings up the events of last October where the Goblin stole his own inhibitor from Oscorp, when coincidentally Chameleon was disguised as... Norman that night to steal company's secrets for business rival. Norman took advantage, also took advantage of Harry's green addiction as a way to dissuade suspicion towards the goblin, having dressed an unconscious Harry in the costume and and broke his leg to give him the limp that Norman faked that night. And it's the In his defense, Norman claims it was all to protect Harry and to make him into the man he was meant to be. Norman charges at Spidey, but Spidey snags a pumpkin bomb and stuffs it into his glider's tailpipe. The the blast causes Norman to fly out of control and crash into one of the pumpkin bomb cannons, creating a horrifying explosion that both Spidey and Harry are made to watch. At Norman's funeral, Peter, Harry, and Gwen pay their respects, but Harry bitterly blames Spider-Man's inaction for the death of his father. Fearing a relapse of the Green, Harry quickly, and a little too conveniently, turns to Gwen for support, leaving Peter unable to admit to hook up with her. In spite of all the losses and misfortune, Peter's only consolation is that the city will never be threatened by the Green Goblin again. At the airport, the Connors are off to start their new life in Florida, while a stewardess approach, uh, while his flight attendant, got PC, apologizes to a passenger named Miss Roman for the delay in his flight to the Grand Cayman Islands. He tells her not to apologize and replies slyly, I never do. And thus the show ends with a close up of the villain's face as he wanders off into the sunset to plot.
0: I love this cliffhanger, Greg. It's such a great cliffhanger. It's the best cliffhanger ever.
4: <laughs> it was it was a sequel hook. It wasn't really a cliffhanger, but uh, Wiseman has gone on about that at length many times in our last show, especially.
0: <laughs> Sorry, Greg Wiseman. Not bad.
6: <laughs> in fairness, there is some kind of cliffhanger-y stuff like, like that. That is a semantic.
0: I know it is. It, it, it's one of, but it is one of Greg Weisman's pet peeves. Don't call it a cliffhanger. It's an open-ended ending. So, yeah,
4: yeah it's, it's all semantics, and I'd rather not really get into that too much because it's a conversation I've gotten tired of having. But you know, if we're going to discuss it, we may we may as well. I mean, ob- obviously, when they made this, they were under the impression that if they I were going to get a, at go
6: at one? The, a second later punches him out and says, "Aha! I caught you. You're under arrest." And Harry, <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow, you know what, Gwen? Yeah, um, I was just totally mis- manipulating you. Like, you know, go ahead and be with Peter. The end. <laughs> Season three is like three
4: minutes long. <laughs> so it's already been re- it's already been revealed since then that the end game was in the Peter and Mary Jane, as it should be. But
0: <laughs> and then snap, crackle, and pop after that. Wow. <laughs> oh,
4: yeah we we never got actual confirmation of that, but every interview I've seen, if you read between the lines,
0: yeah. It's implied. It's not implicitly said.
6: It's a coded message. <laughs> oh god.
4: No, no, this one it's real though.
6: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Aren't
6: they mm-hmm. all
4: <laughs> Indeed, indeed. But um
6: I just don't know why they like did a why they ended the show with like a close up on some random guy going on a plane that like we've never seen before. <laughs> 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 the, 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 mm. le- we have like one sh- shot to like close season two, and like let's just like follow some random Mister Roman guy for no reason, you know. That's <laughs> it, it actually rem-
4: it reminds me of when season two of Young Justice ended. The very last shot was a close up of Vandal Savage's face. Truth, business as usual.
6: <laughs> and and the end of Young Justice season three was uh like a waitress's uh ring.
4: Hmm. That's right.
6: Or yeah, but it, technically a murdered baby, if you count the post credits. Yeah. Season.
4: But right. I do believe when they were making this, they, that they did believe that they were going to get a third season. The idea being that Spider-Man always makes money. The show was doing really well on Kids WB. It was still on Kids WB when they were producing. When they were producing these, and uh, then Kids WB went away, and the sh- and it went to Disney XD, which. Um, had shenanigans and then then the whole deal with uh sony and marvel ended up as it did and uh honestly this was stuff that was impossible to foresee i mean it was uh it was a domino effect of bullshit
0: well and and you might greg you might explain the whole reference so there's no sound (laughs) Because like yes,
4: when this episode first aired on Disney XD, once again, because a lot of shenanigans there, most of the episode ran with music and sound effects, but no dialogue. To this day, Greg doesn't Greg Wiseman doesn't know why that happened, how that could have happened. Happened. We're probably never ever going to know. But as he described it, he envisioned someone in the control center booth at the network just sitting there talking to his friend, leaning with his Elbow propped on a button that controls the dialogue <laughs> track, and and then about twenty minutes in, his buddy saying to them. Uh, excuse me, do you? Uh, is it supposed to be running without sound? Because the dialogue didn't kick in until just before Norman blew up.
6: <laughs> wow, I, I'm like picturing like somebody watching this and and like trying to make sense of it. They're like, oh no, this is like a concept episode. Like you know? there
4: were people that were saying that.
6: It's like, of course, th- this is brilliant. Like, you know, like <laughs> I love this. We're supposed to, like, you know, understand the story through their movement, through the score, through the movements, through the um, there, there, There's a
5: perfectly reasonable explanation. You, you know how um, for for that. Uh, Oh, God. Was it Earth's Mightiest Heroes when they were going to get the Spider-Man cast and they dubbed them over with the other cast? They, yeah. they, when they were going to air this, they were like, oh, no, let's dub it over. But they instead of getting a bunch of actors, they just had Helen Keller play all of the parts. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> that was a long way to go for that joke, but I think it worked,
0: goddammit. <laughs> hey, Listen, I man, laughed. Up. But, you, but you hit it out of the park. Well played.
6: Uh, <laughs> I'm going to be canceled one day for being on this podcast. Oh, Aren't
4: no. we all? You oh, can't no. cancel me, I'm already canceled. <laughs> you can't cancel So's me, canceled. I quit. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of canceling
0: going on. Oh
4: god.
6: <laughs> and, like Tucker Carlson, like Joshua Bertoni says that he stands for good values, but look at the company that he keeps. <laughs> <laughs>
5: you know what tucker fuck you because you used to be the guy to stand up for bow ties i notice you don't wear them anymore you you goddamn pussy put the bow tie back on okay i was giving my screen the middle fingers if you guys could see me too it was really weird (laughs) i suddenly got got like like the spirit of rush limbaugh entered me for like five seconds I i hope
4: he didn't give you throat cancer
5: Oh Jesus Christ. <laughs> Wait a minute, maybe that's why I was in the ER with that no, throat was, problem. And, and by the it way, was, if I
6: get it
0: right, it was it was it was not lung it was lung cancer, not throat cancer.
6: Dear future people digging <laughs> I denounce everything. Being- <laughs> <laughs> How's this- <laughs> so,
5: Josh. so so anyway, back on topic. Josh, what's your actual opinions on HBO Max?
6: No <laughs> 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 with plenty of programming content for the entire family. Uh, you know my favorite thing
5: about hbo max is every uh, time i try to play something and i have to constantly restart turn off my tv turn it back on again and restart my surround sound because it never plays with audio the first time and then even though everything on the on the thing should be in fucking surround sound it only ever plays through the first two speakers because whoever the audio engineer that worked on hbo max is is a gibbering idiot who probably (laughs) drools on himself every night (laughs) <laughs> and
4: probably was the guy who made sure there was no dialogue in this episode, based on movie. your description. <laughs> oh, it was oh my that God. guy. It's the same, he same fa- guy. He failed upwards. That guy's a true main villain of Spectacular Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, unnamed sound engineer who we yeah. don't know.
6: <laughs> D- Disney was like, "All right, you know what? Everyone's about this show. Maybe, maybe we'll maybe we'll make something work out with Sony." So they like, "Well, let's tune in and watch this like final season two episode." And there was like no. Uh, dialogue. They're like, oh, yeah, never mind. Get Drake Bell on the phone. <laughs> Whatever happened
4: to that guy?
0: <laughs> he got cancelled. I think he got
6: cancelled. He was not invited to Josh's wedding. That, that, that like, that was so, like, wow. He <laughs> was
0: cancelled so bad, his 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 kayfabe brother was literally like, nope, I'm not inviting that guy.
6: And, and I guess, like, he released a statement saying, oh, your invitation was lost in the mail, but I'm like, wow. Like, I didn't even really watch their show like you know when it was on but that still like depressed me like because you always like to imagine that these like fictitious TV families are just as close in real life as they are on the
1: show no
5: yeah. you don't understand what actually happened it was that his uh, his invitation and then the plane ticket that he was going to take to fly there got confiscated by the IRS because he wasn't paying his back taxes
1: <laughs>
6: <laughs>
5: <laughs> I, know, I remember when that was a
6: thing
4: <laughs> yeah yeah
6: Oh boy! <laughs> There's a rumor that he was living in Disneyland. Yes,
4: <laughs> he, flew off, he flew off to the Cayman Islands under an assumed like,
6: name.
5: Was he like a like a Disneyland Morlock or something? What the hell? The hell did that work? <laughs> I,
6: I, I guess like he was pictured at Disneyland like multiple days in a row. So people are like, does does he live here? I mean, I honestly don't think that he was because like, but I remember that being discussed when I was on um, another podcast that talked about Spider-Man news
5: how would one actually somehow manage to live in de- I guess if you beat up like the guy dressed as Goofy and you steal his costume you could probably hang
4: around for a few days without anybody finding out and from what I understand the guy dressed up as Goofy wants to leave at the end of his shift every day anyway <laughs> <laughs> ladies and gentlemen Donovan Morgan Grant yes uh, you're, you're you're right on time I just finished reading the summary for the episode we haven't really started reviewing it yet but um We've been making Drake world jokes. But before we do, I just want to welcome you to the spectacular radio for the first time. And to our audience, Donovan Morgan Grant is one of the first people that I ever podcasted with on a, another spectacular <laughs> Spider-Man TV podcast oh, back wow. in the back in the day. Really? I don't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> No, but no, 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 no. I am grateful to you for helping to get my podcast my career, quote-unquote career start, starting. And you know what? It <laughs> was good times. And I would also like to thank, if he's listening at all, I would also like to thank Thomas Mattis. I know he and I butted heads. He made a couple mistakes. I made a couple mistakes. But I hold no ill will towards him. He Towards him. And uh, thank you, Mattis, as well. Be, well, because in a way, you're both responsible for this show existing. <laughs> yeah, thanks,
1: Mattis. <laughs> well that's, that's kind of how you know, he you know, became
0: know? part of the network uh with with uh, clone sire chronicles was that we uh brought him over because he was so good with mattis <laughs> yeah
4: that's <laughs> what happened AS500, exactly. I
0: believe. <laughs> so <laughs> but no um glad to have you here don welcome to sh- back to, welcome back to uh uh but welcome to the show
7: well, oh, thank you
4: for having me. Can you guys uh, hear me okay? Yeah, yeah, we can hear
0: you, yeah. and fine. we can
5: see you for some reason, even though none of us are on video. Yeah, no, and Anissa, nice, uh, uh, you're you're in that classic Gil Kane up the nose shot. It's awesome.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I love Gil Kane. All in um, order. All in
1: order. order. <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah, oh, you man. missed our
4: discussion of the hashtag. You missed the voicemails, and uh, we had one from Josh Keaton as well.
7: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yes, yeah, so I I I had to get, I picked up some groceries before uh, heading home, but I didn't want to take up too much time. Um, no, 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 we, so
4: yeah.
7: Yeah, I yeah, yeah, it's the not size final
4: we did yeah.
0: we've done the recap, but we haven't reviewed it yet at all. We're we we were kind of just stretching for time.
4: I think we were waiting for you. <laughs> so <laughs> thank you very much.
0: But uh I, Greg, you you wanna go around and, and
4: Yeah. But to officially introduce introduce Donovan as well. He's the host of Questions Without Answers, a really fun podcast, which I listen to when I get a chance. Thank you very much. And I suggest all of you listen to it as well. Yeah, you
0: can find that on your favorite podcatchers.
4: But all right, we're gonna which aspect of this episode should we discuss first?
0: The music.
3: Oh, god. <laughs> no, it's,
4: the first, it's Don's first time time uh, talking about Spectacular Spider Man on a podcast in a while. Don't do that to him.
0: I know, I know. I had to make the reference at some point. When you, when you you just teed that question up. I had to be you know, like the music.
4: No um, one else in the world gets that.
7: Well, I will say like uh, I watched the uh, episode when you guys did the uh, the final the final discussion with Greg Wiseman. So I. I Watch that, and then listen to that episode. And um, whenever I watch Spider Man, you know, because it's been out, for, it's like over ten years ago. So whenever I get the hankering to watch the show again, I do recognize, like, oh yeah, the music of the show because <laughs> it was always very particular. It's not, it's not really like um, a lot of stock music. It's it's often a very kind of like certain kind of groovy, you know, not sixty groovy, but like you know, it, it had a vibe to it that like you wouldn't find in other Spider Man show. So like, it is one thing that I tend to uh, kind of, that kind of jumps out on me whenever I kind of jump back into the series. So
4: there's that. Nice. I mean, I probably wouldn't think about the music much either if, it, if not for uh spectacular webs, but <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm a fan of music. I'm not musically inclined like other people, people in know arts. It's just not a gift that I was blessed with, but I just, I may not know music, but I know what I like.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, I always felt the score of this, of the show was always a unique element and as much as i really didn't like if you go back and listen to other podcasts where i talked about this i, I wasn't a huge fan of, of the um of the intro theme at first but then it, was um, I mean, <laughs> it really grew on me and now now i really love it i'm like yeah it's an it, it, earworm definitely
4: yeah. ox was right it's catchy
0: yeah i understand that yeah
4: yeah those yeah but the the i feel so bad because i'm blanking out but the people who did the music for this show they did brave in the bowl they did young justice they do a lot of cartoons i mean it's uh not like back in the 90s where you had to get a full orchestra and they didn't they couldn't afford to score every episode things have really changed since then
0: yeah especially (laughs) like with how everything's being done now with, in a, in a COVID world, uh, I certainly know that it's definitely changed.
4: Yeah. I mean, I know, us. I know, uh, Batman, the series had the score by Shirley Walker gargoyles had the score by Carl Johnson. And, uh, I'm going to assume that Spectac that, uh, the nineties fireman show also had a score had a score with an orchestra that they all got together over a couple of days and did as well, because really only Batman could at the time could afford to score every single episode
0: right to its to its betterment by the way like there's a reason that everybody loves it mm-hmm.
5: not everybody <laughs> what you don't love B- batman the animated series that is not a discussion
0: for this show sir let's move oh, on what okay all right i thought you did okay all right my bad i stand corrected <laughs> <laughs> But all, all right, right, we want to go around the horn and kind of give our thoughts about the uh, about the episode.
4: Yes, Gerard is neither going to go first nor last because he's already kind of warned us. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: he's neither the alpha or omega. Instead, he's in the middle.
4: Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but um, actually, I think we should open with we'll open with the last person to arrive. Don, what do you think of uh, final curtain? Um.
7: I remember when I first watched it way back when, and you no, know, it was kind of a I, I think season two is a lot more of a leisurely pace than well, maybe leisure is not the, not the right word, but like uh, there, it was very storyline based. There was a story with the mob, there was like like the, the, the play subplot and such. And so I remember Fire Curtain happened. I liked it in particular because I felt that like a lot of stuff that I was really invested in was really coming to a head. There was the, um. The Peter and Gwen relationship, and also, like, the end of the Peter and Liz relationship, there was more stuff with Harry that they had returned to. And it was a purely Norman Osborne focused episode. So, like, the Spider-Man family was really really hyped for it. What I like about it is that, like, you know, I, I really like the episode. I think it's a very successful season finale. And um, I liked how it was very swervy. Like, oh, well, maybe Harry is a Green Goblin, I told you he was in season one. Maybe... I'm making oh but he's not the green goblin. And so I thought and I thought that the way that it played that was as as Wiseman said on the show, very fair. Um one thing I, I can't get out of my head and I think it's so cool when I when I rewatched it a couple weeks ago is when Spider-Man is on the balcony and his spider sense goes off and like a bunch of like screaming pumpkin bombs go off and then like the smoke clears and he's like have content on the web line like battle damage. I, I I love *Battle Damage* Spider-Man. Like, that, to me, is like, both as a Spider-Man fan and somewhat as an anime fan, I think that's the coolest thing. And seeing Peter, like, really go through the ringer, to me, it's not a proper Spider-Man story if he doesn't just get absolutely wallops. Oh, like, yeah. Someone... A, like, like uh, in the first Raimi Spider-Man film, it never connected to me while I was watching the theater until the moment where he was all beat up by the goblin. Oh, yeah, this is Spider-Man. And I think yes. that they had a, a, a kind of similar... Vibe for me. Um, I mean, overall, you no. Know, I think I think this is great. I mean, if anybody has any flaws with this, I'd be open to hearing them. But i have not really thought about it critically, uh, hardly ever, because I just really enjoy what I saw. But like, I really do enjoy this, and um, I think it's a great ending. And like, even though the show doesn't continue, it feels like a suitable ending for a Spider Man, a version Spider Man. It, it feels airtight to the very end.
4: Oh, I agree. If I were to try to introduce someone to Spider Man's world, there are three things I would show them spectacular the 90s series and probably the rhyming movies as well those are the three things i would say look at all this this add this all together this is spider-man
0: i'm in 100 agreement on that i i think um this is a, a show this episode i before i did the interview with greg wiseman i rewatched it and i had binged through it whenever i got the blu-ray but it's been a while, it had been a while and i found myself being surprised because like I don't have the encyclopedic knowledge that like Beshansky does or sometimes as been evidenced by parts of this episode. Uh, I have bad memory sometimes. <laughs> <I'm serious. laughs> so uh, I found myself, Oh, that's how they did that. I, okay. Yeah. I remember that. So I, I, I found myself doing that as I was watching the episode. So I think it just, everything really holds pretty well. I don't feel like there's anything that dates it the way other adaptations
1: have had.
4: Yeah, I mean it's uh it's all very coherent. I thought they they played fair with the audience. Some people guessed the stuff way back in season one. A lot of people didn't. But what I remember also was a sh- was I felt there was a shared experience going on in Spider fandom at the time. There were all me- always people speculating about this because some people didn't buy the ending of Uncertainty Principle. I was one of them, and. I do remember on a couple of boards where people literally taking bets before this episode was set to air in Australia when everyone's about to torrent it, because oh, we'll talk about that, but um, over who the final results of the goblin was going to be.
0: <laughs> yeah, we can talk about that after we get done with the, re- with the review of this. Um, Greg, I'll go ahead and go if you want me to. All right. So uh, this episode, I really enjoyed the the, the culmination of the mysteries. Um, I thought it, it treated the audience fairly. Uh, everything was organic and made sense within the realm, of the rules that was already established within the series. I think it was a great ending to the season, a great ending to this mystery. And yes, I wish we would have a season three. I think I think that's 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 not just implied. That's. I think that's just known now. Um, yeah. But, however, I think that the the series really benefited from, you know, the, being able to tell a complete story within the 13 episodes. Yes, the ending is like, oh, and then we shortly thereafter find out the news about what everything happened. But, you know, uh, I remember... I remember rewatching this when it was on uh, Jet. Uh, was it Jetix? Was it uh, what was the?
4: It was on. Uh, it was on what well, used to be Kids WB. I forget what the Vortex, and they had that really Vortex, yes. weird horror movie commercial for it.
0: Yeah, I re- <laughs> the Vortex thing was like, like surprising and and because you had that, you had Spec Spidey, and then and then Justice League right after. So it was like, oh, okay. I you know I understand like that you know, they got the rights to this property. It was really cool to to get up on a Saturday morning and watch cartoons again. And unfortunately, that was the last gasp of like traditional on one of the big four networks uh, having Saturday morning cartoons. And so it's it was kind of a a finale of for various
4: reasons. So. When I was your age, you young whippersnapper, we had to wake up early on Saturdays to watch our cartoons. We also didn't have DVRs
0: either that
1: could record. And,
7: <laughs> yeah, you know, this is the last out. cartoon I watched for a very long time. Um, I mean, in terms of, like, you know, new shows. I think that like Brave and the Bull have been airing the, around the same time. Right. So that might yeah. take that spot. But like, I, I especially for like a kid's cartoon, right? Like, I didn't watch a, I didn't watch a kid's cartoon from, uh, from 2008 when this ended or 2009. Um, until Steven Universe. Like so it's been almost a decade. Cause I because there's nothing else that came on really attracted me. I thought this was the last one that was like really successful. And the last one that, like if I liked it, I, I was I wasn't it, it couldn't really predict as as much what was going to happen, you know, as opposed to like a lot of the archetypal shows that were out around that time.
0: Yeah, I watched, unfortunately, I watched the entirety of Ultimate and I watched the I sat through the first season of the current uh Disney helmed uh, Spider-Man show, which you know, if you're not a fan of Dan, I'm not Slott,
7: seeing a single episode of that.
0: Oh, uh, it's if you're not a fan of Dan Slott or Stephen anything that Steve Wacker edited in Spider-Man, uh, then I don't recommend you watch that that more recent one because it's basically Steve Wacker edited slash whatever Dan Slott wrote. Is that the one where Josh Keaton lived long enough to become the villain? Yes, but that was I think he did that first in the Insomniac game to much better effect.
7: as as harvey dent well i mean like i mean it's not even like a protest thing it's it's like uh they shelved that out so quickly after ultimate ended that i can't keep up and and it's one of those things where like they have a picture Peter parker but they also have and every other spider character so it's it's far more derivative i don't don't want to talk bad on it but like i it's it's a little confusing whenever i see it
0: right and then they also you know brought in the horizon Labs as a, as a academy as a school with Max Modell as the as a integral character and Joe Casada is a side character on that. So for you Joey Q fans, um, he is a he is a guy named Joe, literally.
4: Well, if Stan's not around, I, I can't finish that. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. <laughs> No, no, I, 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 I can't, I, I can't. I mean, I'm not that evil. I, I can't, I can't do it. But, um, but, but I haven't seen any of that of the current Spider-Man cartoon, so I really can't opine on it. I mean, I just, I, I mean, I'll talk about this later when, when I talk about how I've changed as a podcaster and the things I would voice early on and how I don't. I mean, and how, and now that I win, but I just haven't seen it, and um. As we circle back to this episode, I think we're gonna go with Gerard before we go with Bertoni, so that we can tear the band-aid off. Gerard, <laughs> oh come on, likes, I'm not gonna trash likes.
5: it or anything like that. Relax. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, calm, calm, calm your tits. Uh, all right, let me just. I, I have calm as those usual. I just <laughs> what?
7: Calm those tits of yours.
5: <laughs> <laughs> uh, as usual, I just have a bunch of like plus and minus bullet points or uh right off the beginning one thing i noticed about this episode that i liked is that it was actually pretty good as like a relatively self-contained kind of thing like right. it had been a while since i'd watched one of these episodes and this episode is actually has enough exposition cooked in well it's not like you know let's all sit down and just immediately exposit the hell out of everything It it's done in a way like at the beginning fight is a good example of this where he's fighting the the pumpkin head goons or whatever it is where there's like inner monologue basically saying what's been going on lately about how like you know he's been searching these goblin gangs trying to find out you know blah blah blah. like they're they're setting up the episode but then throughout since they have to keep calling back to the first season and the whole mystery of all that they managed to incorporate clips and things like that in such a way that makes a lot of sense and so the the whole mystery with the goblin that they build and, and pay off in this episode is actually really well executed in that I feel like um, they managed to do it in such a way that it's never like um, you're never lost throughout the story, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I liked all the high school drama stuff in this episode with the breakups and, like, you know, okay, we're gonna get together, but first we gotta break up with who we're with, so it, and they keep checking back with each other. It was like the only thing approaching a B plot in this episode, yeah, since it focused so heavily on the goblin, that was good for you know separating it all out but um, the things that I ended up not liking about this episode really were that they tried to do a little too much with that whole ending bit for example, they they needed an excuse for Norman and Harry to be there, so Harry's just like, "Oh, i'm a, I have a
1: helicopter
4: license that we never mentioned until now, so let's jump in there <laughs> actually i actually to do some research with someone when they said something about that, and I found out that in uh New York State, you can't get your pilot's license at fourteen, which is weird because you can't drive until you're sixteen and I honestly, okay, we're gonna put teenagers I, behind <laughs> fly, behind behind aircraft, okay. Actually, I think for helicopters, you have to be 17 though. Well, they Which were 16 at the time the show started, so Harry could have turned 17 in the meantime.
5: Yeah, if to me it wasn't as implausible as as I would have immediately thought. Like I was like, okay, that could work, right? But Maybe um, the problem. <laughs> I I really liked the actual face off between Spidey and the Goblin. I just thought it took too long to get there with the whole thing with all of the pumpkinhead goons who i hate by the way mm-hmm. um this is not meant as an insult because i love the 60s batman but it's too yeah. 60s batman that everybody has their own gangs i hate that so much <laughs> and, and they avoided that in this show like you know mafia guys and stuff have gangs but why does the goblin have a gang that's weird uh well he did take it... over
4: he did take over the gangs at the end of uh, gangland yeah, I was just gonna say he took over the game, so I'm like, okay, I'll allow it. But why do they have pumpkins on their heads? That's just from what from what I understand, that was economical because they couldn't afford to design all these new goons, so they took a lot of background characters that we had seen and put pumpkin heads on them. So it was a budget, there were budgetary reasons there. So oh,
5: no, 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 I know that. I'm saying in universe, it doesn't really make any sense. Right, right. No, I th- no, I thought the same thing. I'm like, they're never gonna unmask any of these guys because you know it costs money to design faces. For all these characters and stuff, weren't um, they introduced? But, like, didn't, wasn't Were
7: there like a bunch of people that like he picked up? And then there were three
4: of them in this very first episode when they took over Tombstone's party. Yes, right, yeah. right. I guess this is a continuation of that, but also they, also there, they were deliberately high. I guess to support Gerard's point, they were deliberately hiding their identities from Tombstone in particular. <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> which makes sense in the
0: context of that element but like and I get that they you know, bring that over to this but like yeah you're, you're not wrong George. Well, but, basically, you're not.
5: but basically the only stuff that really sucks about this episode are things that aren't the fault of it in a sense oh. because there's so much stuff to to set up things in season three that we just never happen because there is no season three
1: mm-hmm.
5: and it's like I can't fault the, the writers or anything of the show for that but at the same time like so much time is spent setting up, okay, the Connors are moving to Florida, and you have you know, the the Norman Osborn is alive, and you know, all uh, un- as we discussed in previous episodes things like Roderick Kingsley and all that stuff where I see all that stuff and I'm like, okay, that's good it feels out of place in this episode and I know it doesn't pay off anywhere
1: mm-hmm. so
5: just in general to me this felt kind of weird and weak as a finale of, an, of a show right. I feel like, we- um I feel like the previous episode was actually a better
4: finale for it but i'll be know. honest if, if you were to have a, an actual series finale i granted i'm glad we got this episode for obvious reasons because there's an alternate universe out there where we didn't get a second season and everyone is debating who the goblin is gonna be
1: right <laughs>
4: but yeah overall I, I thought this was a really good
5: episode i just um i felt like as a finale it kind of let me down
4: Damn it, Gerard! You were setting me up to expect the worst from you for this review. <laughs> <laughs> you did that on purpose, didn't you? Well played.
5: Of course I did. It was a it was
4: a sneaky. attack.
0: <laughs> a <hurting> expectation, Gerard <laughs> Dude,
4: well done, well done, well played. I, I definitely owe you a beer.
0: <laughs> Which you can order now in Texas and have it delivered to his house.
4: Yeah, DoorDash, or yeah. Grubhub, oh my or whatever. But, um, but yeah, I mean. I really, I, yeah, I, I, there was nothing in there that I strongly disagreed with at all. I mean, obviously, we all would have preferred to get a third season. We didn't. And we know that, um, th- season three, Greg even said in our last podcast, Hobgoblin would have stepped in to fill the void. And, right. um, actually, we'll discuss this issue more a little bit later. I'd like to turn this review now over to Mr. Bertoni. Oh. <gasps>
6: Um. Yeah. This was this was fun to watch. Um. It's been a while since I've seen the show, and uh, it all came coming back to me so fast when I rewatched this episode. Like I remember, um, how it captured the feel of the comics. Like this felt like a Spider Man story. And sometimes when I watch other Spider Man stories in media, like they don't they have shades of feeling like Spider Man to me. But to me, like yes, this felt like um i feel like i could have read a comic book where you know uh everything that josh keaton was saying in his internal you know monologue would have been like a thought balloon or something as peter was saying this like this would have been like a recap that they would have done at the beginning of a 1980s story where at the beginning of every issue peter would just repeat what had been going on for the audience and uh you i didn't in
7: fighting the goblin
6: yeah, yeah. <laughs> just the subplots and everything like that like I was like oh yes yes this this is Spider-Man this is great and how well they handled stuff like the emotion like even though you want Peter and Gwen to get together like the show makes you feel sad for Liz you know when uh when Peter dumps her and like she goes off and cries I remember like feeling really really bad when I saw that back in like 2009 or whenever it was that I first watched this and uh and still feeling bad for her now like that was a very well done scene, you know, to kind of show you that yeah, Peter's doing this for true love, like, people are going to get hurt in this story. And to which, like, I feel, in this hypothetical, like, season three that occurred in, like, Earth 2 or whatever, like, I'd really love to, like, open up, like, a portal to, like, Earth 2 and just get DVDs of, like, the other seasons to bring back here and watch, but, man, that must have been awkward because he didn't even get to be with Gwen, so now, like, he's, like, walking the halls and, like, Harry, yeah. Harry's with Gwen and Liz is still uh mad at him. Uh um you know, all of that stuff. And I remember at the time, you know, the whole Green Goblin thing, like the debates about because yeah, I didn't quite buy the whole Harry as the goblin thing from season one, but I remember I was misdirected and you know, I thought that maybe there was some twist that was gonna be Norman, but I love that, yes people were guessing and there was all these theories and I go back to, um, I think it was John Burns said this around the time of the Spider-Man, uh, reboot. he was doing chapter one and he like sent right. an interview that he did. He wasn't even going to try and hide the fact that Norman was the goblin when he was doing chapter one. Cause he says even new fans know who he is now. So like, there's no point in making it a mystery, but this is how you make it a mystery. This is how you do it. Like, yes, it's obvious that Norman Osborn is the Green Goblin, but you know what? Greg Wiseman and Victor Cook and co still managed to get us guessing till the very end. That was cool. And re-watching this episode, like, there's little clues to it being the chameleon with, like, stuff that he does. And you could even see, like... The way that he's reacting to, like, Harry, like, showing him the um, helicopter and stuff like that. I love it. And then the whole, like, do you think it could be Mom? Because uh, that was a theory at the time as well. <laughs> that shrug he did. <laughs> yeah, he's like,
7: I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that was weird, and I'm glad that, like, it was a ch- 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 chameleon. Because, like, I remember
4: when he did that, I was like, why is Norman goofy all of a sudden? <laughs> who knows
1: <laughs> and they that, and, that.
4: and they played fair in season one yeah. we saw the chameleon disguise as norman osborne when he was um hitting that yacht
6: for a heist exactly yeah. so uh that was uh oh th- th- there there was so much great stuff in the episode um
0: yeah, yeah i i remember I, like when i was re-watching it i was like I, uh, like like what Don said. Why why is Norman being weird? And then oh oh oh, you know, because I, I even had thought that maybe when they introduced Miles, uh, um, back in the day, like when whenever this was coming out,
7: he wasn't when the show was out.
0: Yeah, when it was coming out, I was like, oh, well, maybe they'll do a clone of Norman, and they'll set up a clone saga because that's me and I, I look for anything that sets up a clone saga. And as I've learned over the decade plus that I've been podcasting is that maybe you shouldn't be hoping for those type of things because bad writers write them and yeah. make you regret your whole life decisions.
4: I've also got to say one of the things I like about Norman hiring the chameleon to pose as himself. I've seen Norman hire people to pose as a goblin many times, but I kind of like the, but I almost prefer the idea that he hires someone to pose as him, as himself, because in a way he's almost giving away his identity when he hires someone else to put on the goblin costume. Apparently, Chameleon didn't know what exactly he signed on for here. Granted, he probably figured out it was no- it was Norman under that mask well before everybody
6: else did. But yeah, so there was uh, there there was lots of fun stuff in this. So it's. Uh... You know, it's one of the great sins of the way that the world and corporate, you know, America works out is that we weren't able to get a third season, but I like to fantasize about breaching into like Earth 2, you know, where we got, you know, that third, fourth, fifth season and those those movies which i guess like i do remember him saying like in old interviews that yeah they were gonna do like dvd original movies but then i heard him like say oh no that was never the plan like on Twitter, oh
4: no no what he said was is that they had hoped to do them like after this would have been they had hoped to do a dvd movie of spring break in florida obviously with the conners underway there they didn't get that that would have been the next three episodes of the show
0: exactly that was like that arc was to set up um the spring break stuff and and Like I didn't even it didn't even register with me that that was a thing until Greg mentioned it on an interview here, Yeah. and yeah,
4: and he, yeah. And he mentioned DVD movies post the fifth season of the show that they had hoped to do if everything had gone
6: that gone that's well. Yeah, you know, like, one of,
4: one of those would have been Sin Eater. Oh. Yeah, I was gonna. Oh
6: yeah, because we had Gene De Wolf and Stan Carter in this show, didn't we? Like, yeah, we did. Because one that's thing we right, no how they would do that on the children's show. The
7: children show. Uh, everybody
0: that was, I was
6: watching this and I was
7: like yeah, they did the damn guns on this show
0: <clears throat> yeah everybody that like had a speaking role and even a lot of the background characters uh because like even there was a like agent wade agent briggs yeah uh, <laughs> which is joe wade from the clone saga everybody that was on the show pretty much um Except for maybe like one or two background characters, was like a character in the comics.
6: Eddie Brock's Uh, uh, roommate was uh, Josh, the like, you know, Randy Robertson's like militant, like black friend from uh, the Silver Age.
0: Nice. Who appeared in the one cover. (laughs) Right? Yeah.
6: My
1: favorite white character
7: in any comic
6: book ever. Nice. Yeah. Oh. well, they made white in um in that one of uh, uh Flash Thompson backup story from a few years Oh god I remember that. Was that one that Greg wrote? Oh. Yeah, they, they miscolored him white which is like <laughs> can, <laughs> I'm just like imagining that something happened to Josh at one point in life where like some Marvel device turned him white so now he has to be like what he hates the most.
1: <laughs> Lois Lane
6: in the, in the 50s style. <laughs> oh god. Oh god.
7: It was like we're getting
4: canceled.
7: <laughs> two, two heads on one body. It was, it was like it was like a soul brother and a white bigot on the same body. It's like in seventy. Like the thing oh. with
5: God, I know what you're talking about. I can't remember it.
7: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember that. Well, I
6: think, yeah. it, was, I think yeah. it was the eighties actually. Or how like. Before they created Black Lightning, the like original like character before like they like threw it out and created the new character was gonna he was gonna be called the Black Bomber and he was gonna be like this racist like you know anti <laughs> blah 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 but like little like I guess like when he falls asleep comes like a jive talking like black you know Soul Brother or something that's a superhero. I was like, and somebody said, like, we cannot do this book. This would be horrible.
1: Good like,
6: look up DC yeah. Comics' Black Bomber if you're ever curious about that story. Uh, I just I Don't do that. <laughs> yeah uh this but to circle back to the
4: episode one thing i want to point out that i especially enjoyed was norman admitting that a lot of how he was able to pull this shit off was serendipity that he didn't plan for everything in advance that chameleon just happened to be there robbing Corp of secrets when he was stealing his uh Gobweb web inhib- inhibitor and he decided to take advantage of that later that he didn't know that Harry was on drugs and then when he saw him there he decided to just take advantage of the situation because I imagine Norman's initial plan was okay he's, I fake the limp I'll just come home change to Norman Osborn I won't be limping and that'll be my excuse hopefully that'll work oh here's Harry I see what's going on because um in modern comics and there would be a tendency to have Norman, oh, I hired Chameleon to be there at that exact moment, and I engineered my son's drug addiction. And Yeah. Well, what do you, especially, what do
0: you doing? <laughs> especially after doing Clone Psycho Chronicles and getting like through the Osborne Journal and, do, and talking about that and how Glenn Greenberg was like trying to make everything fit and yeah. making Norman a little more Machiavellian that really wasn't his character at that point. And, and that shows you that yes, you know, Greg Wiseman had the benefit of hindsight when he was writing this the series Bible and then the various parts of the episodes. But at the end of the day, like he still tried to stick with the the characters themselves and how they
4: would actually react
0: based on the early days of John, Stan, and, and
1: Steve.
4: Yeah, I mean, yeah, Norman on his show is pretty Machiavellian, but he wasn't omniscient, which is how he sometimes comes off as in the comics, and Gerard, I know you've been critical of a lot of this. What do you think? What do you think of that? Of how they played it here? Where it was him just being smart enough to take advantage of opportunities that presented themselves instead of being behind everything.
5: Yeah, no. That the key thing is that it, it, it was he was taking advantage of opportunities. The problem I, I hate when they write characters um, where they basically have to possess a level of like planning for things that you wouldn't expect to happen be, beyond like reason. Like it's like oh it, oh god I, I hate to go to this the first example but you know the whole like oh he planned to get captured fucking aspect of like you know that kind of thing where Norman Osborn base whenever you write characters like that it's based too much on coincidence it basically borders on them being like omniscient and I hate that so much but they didn't do that with with Norman here where it was like you got more of an impression that he was planning on the fly. Like okay, this didn't happen this way, so I'm gonna change. Uh, the limp is a good example of that. He he didn't plan to get defeated by Spider-Man. <laughs> that would be stupid. So so he goes in. You know he loses. He fakes the limp because he's like, aha, I can I can use this later because he's already on to the fact that I must be the Green Goblin, and then you know he works from there, and then takes advantage of opportunities that present themselves. That works fine to me. Mm-hmm. I don't have a problem with that.
4: Yeah, and, and at work here, granted, he kidnapped Harry in the last episode in case Spidey escaped his trap at the prison, but Spidey had already kicked his ass before, so he kind of figured he should maybe have a plan B this time.
6: <laughs> There's a line that uh, Norman has, and I guess this would have been chameleon disguised as Norman, unless like they did like a switch at one point, but he, he says something like, you know, he framed my son. And even worse, he stole from my company. He
4: betrayed me. Well, that was Chameleon, but that is totally a Norman line.
6: (laughs) I like. I like that. I was like, "Eh." yeah,
4: yeah. That's totally something Norman would say. Chameleon did his homework. He just missed one little thing, (laughs) which um, I remember people were saying, why are they emphasizing that he won't apologize so much in the pilot because they were going to do this?
0: Yeah. No, I, I, I think you know this really. Even though the binging format really wasn't a thing at the time, uh, it really does. When you do a big binge watch, rewatch of the series, it really all connects so much better than even some binge some some series that are set up to be binged do sometimes. And I, I think that there's. Uh, the continuity, the use of continuity within its own universe is a really fun element of this series and kind of gets us to the, the overall series thoughts, I think, Greg.
4: Well, before we get there, another thing I enjoyed about this episode, and we talked about this with Greg, was they played fair with Norman's quote unquote death and return. They, okay, they let it, they decided to fool us for. Two minutes, and then show us Norman leaving as Mr. Roman, and we talked True. about that with Greg, and he said he wanted to play fair with the audience instead of trick us into thinking for at least a season, maybe more, that he's dead until you bring him back with his flashbacks. I love the Osborne journal of how he how he survived because he also thinks that death. He said that death has become really cheap in comics, and there was a time when if you there was no body, they weren't dead, and now even the body doesn't count. But he wanted to play. He wanted to play fair, and uh, yeah. he also really heavily hinted to us that if slash when they did kill Norman off for real, it would have been the imp- impalement on the end of the glider.
0: Yeah. Like, it wouldn't have been 20 years. He's not going to sit there and make us, you know, wait 20 years for to, to bring back Norman. No, he gave us two minutes. So, you know, that that is, you're right. That was something that was very fair, and we do need to point that out.
4: Um, okay young justice fans speculate about Wally West. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. Oh dear. Okay. That's a can of worms, but, um, yeah. Also, um, another thing I really liked and we, and we brought up Liz, it would have been so easy to make Liz unlikable. She was a little bit in, in the first season, but after she and Peter got together, she was actually a really cool girlfriend. And, uh, it would, have, and it would have been so easy to. Okay, we want the audience for Peter and Gwen, so we're gonna make Liz unlikable. We're gonna make her a shrew. I feel like most shows would have done that. The fact that they didn't, and made you wonder. In some, ca- sometimes wonder, Peter, why would you dump Liz for Gwen? I mean, I enjoyed that.
0: This is my favorite. So different interpretations. Ha- I have different versions of the character that I like. Um like I'm not a huge Gwen fan in the comics. However, I am a fan of Gwen in this series and the Emma Stone version. Um even though they don't have any real they have very little to do with the Gwen in the comics. This this more so than than Emma Stone. But I this is my favorite interpretation of Liz across any medium.
4: How uh, many interpretations of Liz have there been?
0: Well, she was a, she was the Isn't an 90s show?
4: Yeah, like I horizon. do remember I do remember that. And she comes out telling Harry that she loves them and that's the first time they were ever on
6: screen together. She she had prompts. She like she confessed her love for Harry as he like tried to blow up her best friend. She was
7: rotting the- in Ravencroft.
6: <laughs> yeah like
4: <laughs> right yeah that, there was no setup and no build up there, no, we, there, love the, there we, we love that we love the 90s show but
6: part of that love is also making a little bit of fun of it <laughs> we, like we do it from a place of affection that, yeah. that that Liz had psychological problems because Harry was like trying to blow up an entire wedding party to marry Liz's like best friend and she's like no Harry you and I should be together it's like okay this is clearly a toxic like Liz you do better, Liz.
4: <laughs> well, that certainly sounds like JMD Mateus's Liz. <laughs> I wonder if he wrote that episode.
0: Uh, no, I. But like the only other Liz I think we've seen has been the uh, the Liz um, Tombs that was in the uh, MCU. So oh,
6: yeah,
4: right. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep. <laughs> forgot about that i mean liz liz allen different last name than her father for some reason that was never explained and i did like that version of vulture and liz was just fine in that movie i mean she was serviceable but i never really got any other impression of her
0: they didn't give her a lot of depth she's just like ooh, girl that peter lusts after as a senior but for some reason thinks you know either takes pity on peter or legitimately thinks he's cute which you know fine but
7: or both. Uh, I mean, Liz I, is not really like the deepest supporting character that's ever been in her in the First
0: Place. So. That's exactly. There's not a whole, there's not a ton of depth to that character. Like she's you know Harry's wife now, and that's what she's pretty much been um, throughout most of the comic era uh, of the character. So
1: yeah,
6: I have to say, in fairness, that there are some children who do have different last names than their parents. It's like it's more okay. Com- thing
0: so well i mean my my daughter has a different last name than her mother so um right well, that that happens
6: yeah also
4: one thing i do want to point out and i, and I think gerard mentioned i think gerard mentioned this also but um it, it helps this is a solo superhero show but there's been a lot of complaints about Various spider media in recent years. Spidey needs to be bailed out by others. He needs help from others. Here, he goes through this gauntlet, this a small army of gangsters, and arguably his most dangerous supervillain, and he wins.
0: Yeah, I, I do like how they, they treat Spider-Man like a badass, but it's a subtle, there's a there's a lot of subtlety, and and he still goes through that crucible. I think that's a good thing to happen. Um, but also, obviously, hindsight being 2020, knowing what we know with the MCU. We were hoping that was going to happen, but nope.
6: Well, like I Don pointed like uh, out, lots him. of... This <laughs> is Wikipedia page. Apparently, she became Screwball in the 2010 Spider-Man animated series. Oh,
1: yeah,
0: I forgot about that. She is in the- Yeah, she was
6: in the uh, the most recent. ball. okay. <laughs> I was going to okay. say,
5: Sp- Spider-Man wins, but also, like Don pointed out, Ba- lots of battle damage he did not uh this is not easy for him that, that's important to establish too Luke. yeah
4: i'm i mean the people who respond to us and sometimes misunderstand what we're saying here when we want to see peter spider-man be a more self-reliant hero i think we want him to shrug off everything and be this unstoppable juggernaut uh for lack of a better term but i mean but no i mean, I don't mind him occasionally having team ups with other heroes occasionally or or even some of the and I think Nick Spencer's handled some of that stuff better right. in recent comics. But um, I do agree that I don't want Spider-Man guest starring the Avengers. Like, if this were made a few years later, you would have had Captain America, Iron Man, Thor helping them beat up the Gob Squad.
0: Right. And, and look, they did that a lot with uh, Ultimate and their with the crossover with like Avengers Assemble. And, and they were trying to make it feel more interconnected, which I understand. But Spidey's always been a loner. And being able to. Then they were. Look, they were wanting to bring elements. They were wanting to bring in Johnny Storm. They were wanting to bring in the Kingpin
4: and Daredevil. Once a a season, they would have had a guest appearance if they had gotten
0: their way. Once a season. Exactly. So. Uh, again, it's one of those things where if it's used sparingly, it, it can be effective. And look, there's an enti- there was an entire series throughout the 70s and 80s called Marvel Freaking Team Up, where SpiderMan can team up with you know whoever, where it was you know whoever it was like whether it was Man Thing, Ghost Rider, the Fantastic Four, the X Men, they they had that. So that element of there's that element to the character, but and it, look, I, I have always joked that Ultimate Spider-Man is basically the modern version of Spidey and His Amazing Friends and because I, I
4: prefer Amazing Friends <laughs>
0: all of the two I would I would much rather watch Amazing Friends uh, but yeah like it, it does there, this kind of bleeds into some of my notes on, on serious thoughts so when we get to there I'll, I'll kind of expand upon that but so I'll turn it back to you Greg
4: alright I think we can uh, is there anything else we can go around the horn and discuss letter grades for this episode before we start talking about the series as a whole, and any final, but any final, but as you give your letter grades, are there any final thoughts on the episode itself? Um, Don, we'll start with you. What's your letter grade for this episode? And do you have any other thoughts on it?
7: Any other thoughts? Um, I I, I like how they kind of kept Peter Puel in a sense because before he actually kisses Gwen, he says, Well, I gotta bring up with Liz first. Um, well, that was Gwen uh,
4: insisting on that first, but yeah.
7: Oh, that's true. Because, like, over, overall, in Background Oracle, it's like a great crap because he kissed the spoiler before he broke up with Ariana. So, like, I was like, well, I guess, I guess that's a noble thing to do. Um, but, like, uh, I also like how manipulative Harry is, like, on his own. He's not, like, acting like his dad. He's like, I, like is there something you wanted to tell me? I was like, oh, you bastard. So, like, I like that. I, I like Harry as a villain. I always have. I think he's just a very compelling character. When he intentionally wants somebody to like mess up Peter Parker,
4: um, especially so the way they're using this. them now.
7: Oh yeah, don't me. Oh, oh, so good. So no, I'm giving this an A. Um, I want to, yeah. I to hear what Gerard going to give it because I think the most, not the least predictable grades.
1: Yeah.
4: All right, Gerard. Any final thoughts on this episode and your letter grade? Uh, th-
5: no. Like, um, I. I really like this episode in general. There's a couple of like, nitpicks with like the gang and stuff like that, but generally speaking, the only thing I really hold against it is that I don't think it's a very good finale for the show, and I feel wrong holding that against it, because it was obviously written with the expectation there would be more. Um, so I, I think I, I want to give it like a B, B- minus somewhere around there. It's a good episode. I like it. Good. Okay.
1: It's not an I app. Mean,
4: I, I, I don't think you... <laughs> Did you give any Fs on this show? I, oh, my- I ha- I had to have given the the. I think you gave you gave more Ds. Is even when he when there was an episode he didn't like, as I recall, you always found something positive to say about it, which wasn't always true with modern comics you've reviewed. <laughs> you've reviewed that you've always and and in our last episode, which you didn't like, you would still admit it was well executed. <laughs>
5: Right. Yeah, and I even said on this one, I I think even though this is a better episode, I thought that the previous episode would have been a better finale for the show. Yeah.
4: Hey, you see everyone, you know what? There's nuance to what he says. He's not just a jerk. He can be a bit of a jerk, but so can (laughs) we all. Who said that? (laughs) Me, probably. I'm kidding. No, nobody. (laughs) It's
0: not. It's not me. Yeah. But no, I'll I'll give my grade really quickly. Uh, But. Uh, for me this i give this an a minus i think it's a really fun episode yes i understand what Gerard's saying and gerard gerard is right um you know grading it as a series finale is kind of hard to do i trying to grade it for me as a as a season finale of a canceled show and to me i think it does a pretty good job of wrapping up most of the elements for this season um I love the callbacks and I love the the fact that it did a really good job paying off the mystery of of the Green Goblin and being able to execute that because far too often, I think people tend to forget unless you go back and read through the Dicko era and to the Ramita era, obviously, you, you don't realize that there is a bit of a mystery to who this character is. Yeah. And, you know, now we just accept everybody knows that Norman Osborn is the Green Goblin. But for the longest time. There was, you know, there was nuggets and hints and no, for the record, Ditko did not leave because Stan wanted to reveal it to be Norman. Ditko was putting little little hints and little elements that it was
4: yeah. Norman. So, I, I have a feeling that if Ditko did not leave and they resolved that the way they were going to, it would have been more of a mystery as well, with more uh, red herrings coming up, more suspects and right. and uh, instead yeah, of Norman I, I just... I re- seem to remember that there was, like, Ditko would have re-
0: his preference would have been to never reveal who it was and let it just be that mystery because, but even oh, you so,
4: can't do that. You can't do that. Yeah.
0: I, I, so, I But I've also heard that, you know, I, I remember a letter he, he wrote to some random fan. He's like, of course I set it up to have, him, you know, the payoff with the, with the Norman Osborn. So again, you know, for those that don't read that maybe only read ultimate Spider-Man or God forbid only read chapter one, like, this the the way that that Wiseman did this, I think, really, really was effective, and as a result, I think I give it a much higher grade as a as a result of that. So yeah, definitely I mean, a, a great payoff to that mystery, and again, treating your audience fairly, setting up red herrings, doing it right, um, and I I feel like the spiritual this is probably well, we'll get to that in a second, but yeah, a a minus for me, Josh.
6: I'll give it an A. I enjoyed it through and through. This felt more like Spider like the Spider-Man stories that I grew up reading than uh, you know, the last few Spider-Man movies. Um, and, and that and that includes the Andrew Garfield ones. No offense to Andrew Garfield, you know, just like this felt like Spider-Man's world. This felt like, you know, the comics I grew up reading. Like like I said, I could easily have imagined like these scenes recreated that way. It had the perfect balance of action and the supporting cast and a good mystery. And, you know, even though the ending didn't wrap everything up in a nice little package, that's what Spider-Man comics are like because these are serialized storytelling. So um, I give it an A. I give it an A also. I thought it was a very
4: solid episode. It, As we've said before, it played fair. It juggled a lot of balls in the air. And honestly, as an episode itself, it caught them all. It was a great season finale. Not an effective series finale. I actually think that the season one finale with Venom would have made a... F- been a more effective series finale if it had stopped there i'm glad it did i'm glad we got the season in this episode but but for what it was like i said i give it a solid a i think that all the characters were were almost perfectly utilized this is um people know my favorite villain in spider-man is the norman osborne green goblin and i think this is the best adaptation we have gotten of him i mean the 90s one is fun defoe was fun was fun also there's a lot of great things about those but um i don't feel like they nailed every aspect of it at least for me whereas here i felt we got something really definitive which in some ways has surpassed even some of the source material itself because as much as i enjoy norman osborne in the comics there's been a lot of bullshit with norman osborne in the comics i think we can all
6: agree on that one
0: yeah I, i mean i'll I'll say this. I feel like the current Spencer run has done a very good job with Norman and giving him Nor- a lot of depth and nuance. I mean, if you want to hear more, obviously go listen to Spidey experience on the, on your favorite podcatcher or on YouTube. Um, but, and then you'll hear me occasionally, Greg be able to talk about it, but yeah, no, I, I think that, that, yeah, you're right. Norman Osborne is a very well-rounded character, but there's a lot of, there's, there's a lot of bad, especially with the more recent stuff than good. So mm-hmm. I definitely agree with that, Greg.
4: Yeah. And uh, I think it's, so I think, um, well, I mean, it wasn't across the board, the same grade that, like, it has been other times, but especially during revelations part four podcast. But <laughs> I think we were all really positive about this episode. So um, let's move on to our next point, which is um, before we do that, while we catch our breath, and since Don hasn't heard it yet, Zach, why don't you play the shout-outs for the years one more time?
0: Yeah, one more time. W- once more for the band. And all right, so here it is, The again, the shout-outs over the years. Hi, this
2: is been S. Marshall, the voice of Mary Jane from the Spectacular Spider-Man, and you're listening to Spectacular Radio Podcast. Face it, Tiger, you just hit the
1: jackpot.
0: Hey, what's up, everybody? It's the Spectacular Spider-Man, and you're listening to Spectacular Radio. So, uh, yeah, check it out.
3: Not sure who this Josh Keaton guy is, though. Greetings. We are Venom. Why listen listen to our not-so-spectacular spider Spider bro Bro. when When you you can listen listen to to us, Venom (laughs) Re... We like the sound of that. that. This is Sergei Kravinov, Craven the Hunter, and you are listening to Spectacular Prey Radio. If you don't listen, you will be the next prey I hunt. This is J. Jonah Jameson, publisher of the Daily Bugle, and you are listening to a bunch of degenerates glorify a mass menace. Turn this podcast off and listen to NASA's Gravity Assist podcast, where they talk about real heroes like my son, John. My name is Norman Osborne, owner and CEO of Oscorp. And the man behind the Green Goblin's mask. Don't apologize for listening to Spectacular Radio. I never do. Hello. Good evening, Monfrère. I am the Green Goblin, and you are listening to Spectacular Radio. Face a tiger. It's much more fun than an ultimate podcast. yes
0: the uh the shout outs we've gotten over the years so
4: (laughs) for the record i gotta say norman osborne saying don't apologize for listening to spectacular radio i never do norman you could interpret that as norman saying that he never listens to us which to be honest i would believe him on that one (laughs) Yeah,
0: and it's we were talking about it earlier, Don. It's kind of funny. Gerard, you brought that up uh, about hearing Jonah Jameson talking about uh, a bunch of degenerates listening to a podcast when, you know, Insomniac games.
4: (laughs) Well, that 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 Norman's... I love that game. Jonah's one of the best parts of that game, although he's kind of a degenerate there himself with his Alex Jones BS, but it's fun.
0: But, yeah, um, I guess we'll go, Greg, you want us to go around and do the uh, discussions about the series overall?
4: Yeah, let's, uh, we can discuss our thoughts in the series overall. I mean, we can start with the, um, actually not everyone has been following along with us, so I don't think we should do best villain of season two, best supporting character of season two, best this, best that. So we can discuss the series as a whole although i do have to say a shout out i do think that the yeah for season one i said my favorite supporting character was mary jane for season two although i I liked what they did with mary jane in season two i'd have to give it to flash thompson i thought what they did with flash thompson on this show especially the season was pretty damn amazing
0: yeah yeah that's this felt more and more like the flash we all know and love in the modern comics I agree with that. I, I would also say Liz probably is an MVP as well as Gwen. Mm-hmm. Um, those would be the other two that I would say yeah. if I was listing that out. And of course, Peter, I mean the main, the main guy, but like as a main We're
4: character, it supporting characters, but yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, but as a main character, I would say is probably Peter. Um, Of course, but, uh, but no, uh, Norman Osborn's the best villain of the season. Uh, even when he was doing goofy, you know, rhyme scheme, because, you know, Shakespeare.
4: Okay, I'm going to talk about that since I didn't say it last time. I'm going to mention this. It, it occurs to me, okay, he knew his son was playing Puck in the play. He kidnaps him. Then he starts doing the rhyme scheme over there because he's in a rhyming mood. And I'm thinking, in my head, this guy is so fucking twisted. He kidnapped his son on his way to perform in a play and then it, it puts him in a mood and, if anything, that just makes him even more of a piece of shit as a person. <laughs> Yeah. If you think about it like that.
0: Yeah, that's true. Gerard, what do you think?
4: <laughs> We're not about that. I don't, we don't need to. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, what a
5: weird, what a weird transition. Uh, all right. So I'm sure someone's going to try to call BS on this by going back through and checking on
4: all the scores I gave.
5: Here's the thing, right? So.
4: You're allowed
6: to change your mind as time goes and scores. Uh, at the end, the
4: scores
5: are arbitrary, really. Yeah, here's the key thing. Like, I, I felt like there were some spots in this show where, like any long, well, at long or short running show, there's going to be some some dips in quality here and there. Certain episodes you're not going to like; certain ones you will. Um, so, this doesn't bear out if you like try to go through and average it out. But this is one of, if not the highest quality overall that you can expect from a spider-man show we all love the 90s show but that's half of that just to make fun of it <laughs> that all the goofy yeah. shit that's in there and the lack of throwing <laughs> punches and, and the constant <laughs> reuse of stock footage we all love that shit um, well like <laughs> but like and and yeah you can say like you know the, the the 80s syndicated one was great yeah sure this is probably this has to be the best spider-man animated series right i mean i i, I don't know if, if you guys are going to want to try to make that argument or not, I'll just leave that open. But
4: um, I'm, um, not gonna, I'm, I'm not going to make the argument. I mean, it's definitely my favorite because at the end of the day, this is uh, wholly subjective. It's one of the things I have alluded to before. At the time I started this show, I would have said, oh, yeah, this is fucking the best if you don't agree that you're wrong. But I've also pretty much come around on this sort of thing. I mean, I still love it. That my opinions on the show haven't changed over all, but my, but. It, oh, but Everything is going to be someone's favorite, and for them it is the best. It's something that Greg said last time. For him, his sec- his favorite Spider-Man show is a 60s show because that's the one he grew up with. I mean, he knows it's uh, dated and cheesy, but you're never going to convince him that you don't love it. And that's pretty much how I view this. Everybody said, every show is someone's first Spider-Man cartoon, and you're going to have a appreciation for that. And and let's be honest, also, I'm, for as much uh, as we laugh at the 90s series and make fun of it, it did a lot right. It did a lot right. Also, I mean, right, I mean, absolutely. I mean, yeah. I consider it the second best Spider-Man show. But yeah. anytime, some, in, in terms of quality, I mean, I know Gerard said that in terms of overall reach, this is not one of the top three. But in terms of overall quality, and in terms of introducing people to Spider-Man, it's this in the '90s show. I mean, people are always gonna maybe debate which one over the other, but it's always gonna be one of these mm-hmm.
0: two. No, and I, I kind of feel the same way. I, look, I agree with Jordan. I feel this is the best Spider-Man show. If I look at it from a pure objective prism, as somebody that's watched ninety percent of the Spider-Man animated film or animated films, animated series, um, I have, I have, I can find good in most of them, not all of them, but most of them. But I feel like this one, in terms of being an, a a direct adaptation of the Spidey comics. I feel gets it the most right. Yeah, absolutely. I would put in the '90s show and then probably um, the '60s show uh, a third in, in that realm. It's, it's one of those things where, yeah, if you look at most top ten lists that of people like that are our age, they're going to put this very high up there. Um, but I feel like it got so much right as a series, and it really felt the uh, everything else. I, I just feel like it got so much right with this particular adaptation and and i feel like it gets the spirit of the characters right sometimes adaptations they take liberties because they're adaptations for by their but i feel like this series gets the the spirit of every one of these characters right it takes the best elements of them and makes them work and makes them fit and make sense
4: mm-hmm even characters i don't enjoy elsewhere i've enjoyed here to one degree or or another i mean i mean i've talked about venom before this is my favorite version of of venom to be honest i mean i don't know what they're doing with him in the comics now and i'll admit i didn't see the live action movie i mean i might see the second one because even though i'm not a, a big fan of carnage i do like woody harrelson so i'm kind of curious to see how he does cletus cassidy so
0: i'll say this if you're a venom fan the Ven- the current venom comics are the best Venom comics ever written, but I feel like this and the '90s show are the two best adaptations of Venom ever done.
4: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And um, Grant to this show took more liberties with Venom than the um, than the Hank Azaria Venom did, but they're they're both really well done versions of Venom. And I love this version of Doc Ock. He's very I Silver Age, but in a way that doesn't feel cheesy. Like um, uh, I'm not going to name examples. People know what I'm talking about because. Uh- I've seen people try to write Silver Age arc and not quite uh, succeed at it. and I mean, and I've already waxed poetic about this version of the Goblin I th- being my overall favorite. And even characters like um, Tombstone was really wonderfully done. I mean, yes. we got there because they didn't have Kingpin, but...
0: And I love the 90s show version of Tombstone. I thought they did a really good job with that.
4: Mm-hmm. Well, that's uh, also more faithful to the to... Yeah. Uh, the Conway tombstone.
0: Right. I mean, this tombstone is definitely an amalgamation of tombs of of tombstone and Kingpin because they couldn't obviously use Kingpin, but I really liked the, what the, the, liberties that they, the few liberties they did take, I felt made sense for the various characters.
4: Yeah. And I keep trying to think because Wiseman always said that he would have kept asking about Kingpin anyway, and he would have liked to have brought in Kingpin in season three if they'd been able to and set him up also as a rival to tombstone and i'm thinking i like to imagine ways that could have worked i mean obviously a way to play it is you could you could use um uh, the whole vanessa and richard fist thing by making kingpin a family man i don't think uh i don't think tombstone's daughter from the comics existed when the show was on yet the new beetle
0: no she hadn't been introduced yet she wasn't introduced until nick spencer's uh superior Foes i was wrong
4: Because, I I don't know, I could see this uh, version of Tombstone having a daughter in in law school. (laughs) Agreed. (laughs) But, and a supporting cast, I mean, we've talked about how, obviously with MJ they were playing the long game with MJ that we all enjoyed from the comics. I mean, even Greg said he hadn't settled one way or another recently on whether or not she knew he was Peter or Spider-Man all along. He was thinking about it, but... um they've played it fair so they could go either way. I think.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, hundred percent. I, I, I the, the supporting cast I think is pro. I mean, the 90 show is really well-rounded. Um, uh, it's been so long since I've, I've seen the 60 show. So I can't, I can't comment, but like, I, I feel like these, the 90 show and spec really got the supporting cast of Spidey, right? The classic supporting cast of Spidey, right? Right.
4: Wasn't Mary Jane George Stacy's daughter or niece in the '60s show? Yeah, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, overall, I also want to hear from Josh and Don, the two guys who, co- who co-created with John Wilson. I mean, ASM classics. I mean, you two have been Spider historians. I want to hear about. I want to hear what you think about this show and its place in Spider-Man's history and how it handled. The character characters in the history overall i mean if you alluded to it
6: here and there but rock paper scissors, uh, Josh go. go first yeah sure <laughs> um yeah no i think i pretty much summed it up when i was reviewing the episode where like this feels like you know very natural like this could have been a spider-man comic it's structured the same way and it gives the right attention you know the like the supporting cast and you know and humanizes them and gives them depth. Like I really like this. Um, I'm always gonna like the '90s show more, and that's just due to the fact that that's what I watched when I grew up, and it's what got me into comics in general. So like, yeah. you can't take that away from me. But like, no, of know, course not. Was this a better done show than the '90s show? Oh yeah, probably because like. We didn't like, you know, cut animation costs by doing like flash like two minute flashbacks at the beginning of every episode and uh
1: yeah.
6: footage and uh <laughs> you know no, like when Norman faked his death in this episode, he didn't like fall into a time dilation portal and like stuff like that. Uh <clears throat> the time dilation portals. Uh, yes. hilarious.
0: <laughs> uh, also, Don, you missed this earlier, but I'll do it again. Uh I I have the uh so
6: anytime we have it shocking there you go buddy yeah the, the music and the opera but like this uh yeah if this this was well done like this you know and and one thing i like about a good spider-man story is that you always feel like peter parker is in over his head like all of this you know gang war stuff like he's just a kid in high school trying to like make his way through it. And this gang war stuff is like all beyond him. And uh, the show did a good job of that. So, um, like I said, it's one of the great sins, you know, of our, uh, you know, entertainment, you know, corporate America that uh, we couldn't get more of this. Um, And, but, but alas, you know, that's, that's the way it goes. And we can only imagine what earth two was like, where this went for five seasons and got everything else. And uh,
4: yeah. I mean, I'll also be honest, like we said, when we've compared two shows, I've gained a lot more sympathy for John Semper and what he had, and the situation he had to deal with when he was there at the time, with especially with Avi Rat. I've read some of the interviews, and while I've got some of my opinions on John Semper, I think he did the best he could under those circumstances. I mean, it sucks when the producer of the show doesn't even get final edit like Wiseman did on this show and his other shows because then you end up with things like scenes in the six forgotten warriors where the scenes are clearly out of order. Right. Right. Oh God. But, uh, and I mean, I gave him some shit in the past John Semper and I kind of regret doing that. I mean, I still wish he didn't take, try to take credit for everything done with Spider-Man since or even a little bit before, but <laughs> uh, let's just through that I, a character
5: My favorite is when he constantly brings up, well, I invented the concept of the (laughs) Spider-Verse. Why doesn't anyone give me credit for this?
4: The funny thing about that is that anytime someone says something to Greg or Vic about this show, and this was brilliant, that was brilliant, he says, thanks, Stan, Jack, and Steve. They're the, no, Stan, John, and Steve. They're the heroes.
0: Yeah, they've always treated this like they were stewards of the character and i think the approach of the and i think that shines through the respect that they pay it and i Mm -hmm. that's i think something that if if nobody takes anything else away and and this is your first time listening to the show and you've never watched an episode of of spectacular spider-man which you know get you a vpn and stream it on netflix uh because it's not available in the u.s but it's available everywhere else it seems um wow it's true i mean get you a vpn uh, but like or get the blu-ray like they, these guys and girls and gals and everybody that was involved with this show all treated the characters with reverence and respect and not saying that other shows don't do that don't don't put words in my mouth that i'm not saying but you can really tell the tender love and care that they had especially with greg and i think that just permeated throughout the rest of the of the cast of the writing staff of the producers and everybody involved that okay the 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 way greg's treating this character is with love and respect and he does that with any and all adaptations he does i think he does that with with young justice
1: yeah
4: one of the things yeah one thing he once said to me in an email at one point is that he thinks that any property worth rebooting is worth respecting exactly i mean and a larger point: Spider-Man's a character in pop culture. It's been around for sixty years now. He's going to be around long after we're dead, assuming global cataclysm doesn't kill us all before then. But I mean, at the end of the day, Stan, Steve, and John Romita created this character. Everyone else, whether they made a movie, a TV show, or even or even anyone who's written it since then, are temporary custodians.
0: Yeah. I mean, yes, they've done, you know, you got guys like Conway that did things. Yeah. Out stand left. You did. You had guys like Demateus that got into a lot of the psychology of the character. You got guys like DeFalco that introduced a lot of, you know, bombastic stuff and and everything. Even, even, you know, a guy like Denny O'Neill, who isn't known as a Spider-Man scribe. I mean, Madam Webb, uh, such an integral part of the 90s show. He introduced that character, the, the mud monster, you know, uh, what uh, she said
4: they were gonna do in season three or four. Yeah, I remember when he said that. I, I was like,
0: what? Like, like I, I'm not a huge fan of the Denny O'Neill run, but like everybody has been able to leave a, a mark. But and I think Greg and, and the team left a mark. And I think that this, you know, regardless of whether or not it's well known, it will always be a very underrated gem.
4: Yeah, I agree. Also, I knew we were in good hands when uh, Nick Spencer said in an interview that his favorite adaptation of Spider-Man was this show and his favorite Sp- Spider-Man scribe was uh, J.M.D. Mateus. Yes. I got
0: told in the letters page of ASM that I was a kindred spirit of Nick Spencer, so maybe one nice. of these days I interview him and find out
4: more. But um, I do... I mean... I don't think we're ever going to get another one like this, or maybe we will. I mean, I know there's all these people who keep saying things like bring it back. The hashtag that we talked about at nauseum earlier, that's not going to happen. What I would like to see is another Spider-Man animated series. It takes as much care, respect and, um, and just as much care as respect towards the source material to make something great. I mean, I mean the nineties show did that, this show did that, Sam Raimi did that. And we all have our quibbles here and there which with each of those three, but those are the ones that we're all still talking about to this to this day. I mean,
0: Look, and, and like you talked about a little bit, Greg, everybody's you know, whoever however you get introduced to Spider-Man, you know, for the majority of the people in, on this show, we were introduced to Spider-Man in animation in the nineties show. You know you what know, you know,
4: my first Spider-Man cartoon was? It was a nineteen eighty one solo show. And I still have a very big soft spot for that.
0: Yeah, and you know, for me, uh, who never saw that, you know, the, the it's a great thing about having Disney Plus, I can watch that now. Um, you know, but
4: yeah, I say people, I, I if, say we I say we dedicate twenty six to fifty two podcasts discussing arsenic and Aunt May. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, that was gonna be the April Fool's
0: episode we were gonna do on the show. Fun fact <sighs> mm-hmm. Was it maybe, maybe, maybe someday um, <laughs> dude, we ought to do it for like on a off week of spider dude experience we, we we ought we ought to do it like since that's kind of a catch all show now on the network, like we ought to like do a do a commentary of that episode.
4: yeah, oh here's a question overall. To the board. I mean, uh, we talked about whether or not the whole thing with Mary Jane could still be done today, with Peter not knowing what she looks like, because two thousand. we said at the time 2008 was really the last year he could do that, because social media was only just beginning to become a thing, and now Peter could just go on Facebook or um, Instagram and find her. I mean, a girl who wants to be an actress and a model, there's no way she's not going to be on social media, so... <clears throat> so they're so fishing greg i mean yeah. that fishing is a thing that's also true but um do you think it's still possible to do the green goblin identity mystery or was this also the last time
0: no i think if you and uh, i think that there's there's a blue, uh, obvious blueprint here mm-hmm. um you know if you set up a uh, if you if you do it you can anybody you know Yes, you're going to have those people be like, it should be Norman Osborn. And then, of course, if once once revealed as Norman Osborn, they'll be like, I knew that all along. And they'll get on Twitter and, and rant about it. But, no, I think you can do that. Gerard, what do you think?
5: Uh, gee, see, here's the thing. You, you always can do stuff like this. My fear is that if they ever try to do this again, it would just get more and more and more convoluted in order to try to justify the, the actual history of it right that's what my fear would be we'd be like aha well it's mysterio and chameleon working in conjunction with with this and that and it's like oh no like because there is a point beyond
4: which you, yeah. you just kill credibility of it the great thing about this is also the simplicity of it
5: yes in fact I, I i wanted it to be that chameleon just jumps out of the helicopter and doesn't say anything and they never cut to that other shot like he just literally just jumps out he's like oh, okay bye <laughs> <laughs> that would have been really
1: great
4: they're like i'm out yeah he's he, yeah he's committing suicide before mary jane and aunt may can kick his ass in a few years <laughs>
6: <laughs> i think I- <laughs> Can you can still do a Norman Osborn Green Goblin mystery if you write it well? And honestly, you can come up with a reason why Peter doesn't know what Mary Jane looks like. Maybe she, you know, uses a different name on social media or something. Or maybe there's a good writer can come up with can come up with a way. Yeah, come
5: on! I mean, come on, guys! How long did it take before you knew what I look like? Because I never used my own. picture on Facebook for like the first like
4: 10 years I was on Facebook yeah but you're also not that trying to become true. a model and an actor
6: but in fairness does every version of Mary Jane have to be trying to become a model and an actress that's
4: true I believe now the popular thing I know the ultimate cartoon did this I haven't seen it but I know they did and I know the insomnia came to this where she wants to be a reporter but, which I have mixed feelings on because it makes her a little bit too Lois Lane
6: but yeah the, well, there's too many like reporter love interest characters in comics <clears throat>
0: Yeah, I, I think it's it's something that was very much a product of its time. But yeah, I mean, you could, you could. There's things you could
1: do. I, I,
6: I feel like he, he finds her on OnlyFans.
1: Oh, oh. oh. <laughs> oh no!
6: Face it, Tiger. Yeah. Jackpots.
0: <laughs> hey, listen. Everybody's got to earn a living somehow. Okay. By, by the way, I love that Steve Blum said that line. as the goblin. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well,
0: half of
4: that line. Again, I don't think, like, Greg, did you ever script those? Uh, the ones for the people we had on the show, I scripted. For um, Alan Rakins and Steve Bloom. who we were never able to get, but were nice enough to send those. They did those on their own.
0: That's what I thought. Like, I, yeah. Uh, oh, I, again, you know, I think. I think... I think the only way you do a quote unquote season 3 of Spectacular is if you bring Greg and Vic back on and then let them kind of do things their on their own way but well, also in an
4: alternate universe where um Sony never gave back the rights but I don't know I'm sorry I just I'm tired of that topic
0: I know I know but like like again the fact that we got the 26 episodes we got is a yeah. testament to to the hard work of everybody on this show, and I think sometimes you know when we talk about this, we need a, you know season three. Why well, wasn't there season three? I think it diminishes somewhat the the fact that we got the twenty six episodes we got. Like, yeah. you, let's, let's let's promote the show on Twitter and talk about those things and, and support the show, but let's not again, lead people astray into thinking oh, well we can get a season 3 if we just you know, you know, tweet this hashtag or binge it on Netflix and or, you know, using a uh, VPN to you know, stream yeah, it from Australia
4: Yeah, th- th- yeah that, this was different this was never about bringing the show back it was about celebrating the show, discussing the show, keeping the conversation going and I think we largely
6: succeeded at that 100% agree
5: I got a question right. for you Zach. So speaking of uh, uh, like the goblin goblin mystery stuff, when uh when when he got his mask pulled off in this episode, did you think the same thing I did? It's me, Austin.
0: <laughs> I knew that there was going to. I I, I mentioned earlier. I wondered if there was going to be another wrestling reference. Yes, <laughs> there, there was that small twinge of me that went.
7: Mm, it's me, Austin.
0: And I went
5: up, <laughs> anyway. Sorry, cause, uh, no derailment. But,
4: but by the um, way, I have to say that shot was so well done. You see the the mask on the floor. He looks up, and we're looking to see what they see, and <laughs> that was really well boarded.
0: I, I like how it, the perspective was done and I you know I there was things and again, like I said earlier about this show specifically, like the the podcast, not the not the animated series. I learned so much about how how the sausage is made and I really have always been appreciative and and to Greg, and I, I think I don't say this enough to you publicly. I do privately all the time. but thank you for bringing everybody along in this journey and your connections were invaluable to an instrumental to the show. And I think, you know, anybody that calls you a fake fan doesn't know shit. And I,
4: I, pre- yeah, I appreciate that. And Gerard, I also want to thank you for all of your contributions to the show overall. I mean, we're going to give, we're going to finish this up in a bit, but one of my most pleasant memories of doing this entire podcast was, not even really the podcast itself, is when we went to dinner with Vanessa Marshall at New York Comic-Con. She just invited us.
5: Yes. And I got (laughs) to have Mary Jane's tater tots.
4: Yeah, you can officially (laughs) say you ate Mary Jane's tater tots.
5: Because he did.
0: And that literally, guys, is not a euphemism. That's literally what happened. Sir, don't ruin the joke.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know. I've had the pleasure of meeting in person almost all of the people that we've had on the show, but um, but with Vanessa, that was just great. That was it wasn't exactly one on one. There were other people there, but we got to talk to her. We got to uh, really converse with her. She's a really pun intended spectacular person. And as I recall, your dad gotten sick around the time, and you apologized for not being on the interview. And she gave, I mean, she gave. He was, and she gave her. And she gave you a little bit of emotional support that night, also.
5: Yeah, dude. Uh, and by the way, you talked about how you tried so hard to get uh, Steve Bloom on the show. I can attest. I saw that in person because you you got went up to him at, at New York Comic Con once that one year. That's right. You're were, you were almost kind of halfway trying to you like trying to talk him into it. It was great. No, yeah,
4: he no, probably tr- what? what?
5: I was gonna say, trust me, folks. This guy was trying. He just, he just couldn't make that one happen. Oh, we, he is to in the show business.
4: Yeah. 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 Uh, emails were exchanged. He was willing. He was game. It's just that we were never able to make the timing work.
0: No, I think that, and, you know, everybody here on this, on this show has had to do some sort of scheduling thread to try to schedule a podcast. People, I don't think, understand how hard it is to, even if you're doing a once a month show or a once a week show or, you know, once a quarter show, uh, it is very hard if you've got a ensemble cast a lot of times because so many people have so many things going on and trying to do interviews like this I mean it is not always the easiest thing to do and I think you know sometimes people take for granted because they and even you know I'm not saying that we're on the level of the entertainment that we were provided with Spectacular no. Radio or Spectacular Spider-Man but sometimes people take for granted oh it's just easy for them to get everybody together it's really not and you know, it's, uh, you know, there was times where we felt like we weren't, maybe we we're not going to make it, but we did. We we were here, we're not, you know, we're here now, and yeah. and it's it's awesome. So, yeah. Again, yeah. Jord, and I echo Greg, thank you for your contributions to the show, because I think the fan panels had an element that um, we could have easily just done the 26 episodes where we did the, review. you know, the interviews. But I think this adds an element to where people can can identify with the various fans.
4: Yeah, I mean Gerard. Even when people didn't, people didn't necessarily agree with you. People liked hearing you.
5: Uh, citation needed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I remember there was a couple of emails. I do remember, like there was a couple of emails we read on the show, and even though I disagree with Gerard, but I appreciate what he has to say.
5: <laughs> so. You guys make it sound like I was ripping the show all the time.
4: <laughs> no, no, know. you definitely weren't. You definitely weren't. But like, I think you know, people, sometimes people sometimes people develop a rep, like uh, Green Lanterns with Kevin Cushing on the Crawl Space.
5: <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> again I, I i I always joked that like there were two drugs there was the one that that was on clone Saw chronicles and this show and other things and there's the one that was on mayday mondays who, who loved everything and that was like a, a different alternate universe version
4: <laughs> we yeah. all have that property that is special to us in that way i mean i think i think everyone has that
0: also i failed as a promoter to uh let everybody know that ASM Classics is on the Spidey Radio Network so you can go to spidey dudecom and listen to Josh and Don opine about those classic yeah.
1: stuff. And
4: it's, and Gerard was on a couple of those and did yeah. you ever run on one? Yeah. Uh we
0: never uh, we had talked about it but I never we just never could get the scheduling right. Uh, technically I was on like the video that we did in San Diego when I met Don and Josh and John
6: and Stella. No, yeah, you uh, were on an episode that never got released. Was I? We did an April Fool's episode and the recording. Oh,
0: that's right. The record- that's right. Y'all brought me on for that. I totally forgot about that. From marriage. Zach's
4: got dad brain. True.
1: <laughs>
0: I just saw my kid last week, so it's definitely like my dad brain's been turned on. And now I'm having to come down. <laughs> I only have, I, I, unfortunately, I'm only able to break it out every once in a while. So, yeah. um. but I, anyway, go on, Josh. And, and,
1: I'm sorry.
6: Oh no, I was just saying no, we the, it was the from marriage to mephisto thing and then the recording didn't save and I was like, "Oh, you're not fooling me. You're playing an April Fools joke on us." And the recording did save. And I like I, I refused to like react to it, but then like April Fools came recording me, and Yeah. I was like, oh.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I'm also- I, I forgot. I totally 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 forgot <clears throat> about that.
4: And and also, I'm also grateful to these two gentlemen here as well who joined us for this episode, Joshua Lapp and Bertone and Donovan Morgan Grant. You two have done some of the best Spider-Man podcasts in the history of podcasts. I mean, there was no way way I was ever going to finish this show without you. And Donovan, as I said when he came on, my podcasting career started with you on Spectacular Webs. There was just no way I could finish this one without you being there. So I really appreciate you coming on.
7: I appreciate it. It's, it's very nice. Um, I'm not. I'm not. My thoughts on the show yet, so I can kind of throw that out there.
4: Well, yeah, let's
0: let's um, let Don give. I, I'm in sorry. In
7: regards we- to like to the mini show, um, I mean you know, the mini show is my favorite purely nostalgic wise. Uh, I remember specifically when I was reviewing the show for the crawl space, seeing like like. More than like storytelling or, 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 or like story honestly, like, the animation really does kind of like no, heard it. I, you know, hurt it. Um, whereas with this show, the animation was sort of a problem. And I thought the episodes, like um, like the one where he's battling the Sinister Six in season one, is, is particularly very sharp. Or the season finale, in season one, fighting Venom, is, it looks really good. Um, you yeah. know, th- this show, there's things I didn't love about it. Like for instance, I didn't like them turning Quagmire uh, into a lion.
3: Um, I yeah, nobody uh, did. A
7: cartoon, but like, there, 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 there's a there's a bit of like you know questioning about that.
4: Yeah,
7: um, I never loved the music, and um, yeah, it's a little, little too too fast pace. But it was it's the most apparent that like Spider Man fans aren't making the show. They Spider Man readers made the show, and that always pre mm.
1: well,
7: especially somebody who you know really had a steady diet of, of the essentials. And had read the first like turn of 50 turn of Spider Man through that. Um yeah, so no nine shows favorite favorite. this is in my opinion of the be complete best. Because it's the last time where Spider Man, like the essence of why his character Super beloved, was so I think accurately represented. Because since, I mean he's much more of a brand archetype than Spider Man. And I think that especially doing God's work in comic books, but in terms of the the, the media franchise I mean, I don't, I don't mind if the spider miles is Spider-Man Miles, and still inspiring. I really don't, but it is kind of like a different thing now, in 2021, and it was in 2009. So I think that I was all appreciate like moments where, like in the Lizard episode, where he was gonna like take away his powers, and then he like remembered why he was in, into it. That stuff's really like Peter Parker, I think, or when he um, you know, uh, wants to get a Warren but he can't because Harry's like with her and stuff like that. Like those kind of moments in between, I think, like, of Spider-Man more so than him fighting supervillains. Um, but the was really mm-hmm. cool. I think like, well, they you like, know, I think this is the best example of Spider-Man's humor. Like, if the PS4 Spider-Man game had the level of writing in terms of humor that this show has, it would be perfect. I think that's the one that I wish that the that game had was Josh Keaton's Vice Cracks. Um, no, this is like, you know, be the best Spider-Man show, and... I hope that even though there's not another season three, I hope that I see something as good as this because it's been like 10 years or not. So I'm, I'm yeah. kind of in the mood right now.
4: I hear you. And I think this is a good place to go into this. I mean, at the time this show was on for a few years, this is really the last oasis of Spider-Man, at least, that I was enjoying. I wasn't enjoying the comics at the time. I wasn't enjoying... The, the movies at the time, I didn't enjoy the subse- subsequent mm-hmm. cartoon show. And also, I want to say, the time that started, I was also more willing to get into fandom wars and fandom rivalries. Oh, this show is better. That show is better. And you know what? I can always have my preferences, but that shit is ultimately pointless at the end of the day. I mean, so this is, a how in a way, how I've matured as a uh, podcaster and a critic since then. I mean, I was re-listening to some of the older shows, and I was cringing at some of the shit that came out of my mouth. I mean... Yeah, that was definitely definitely me when I was in a more negative headspace in 2014 versus me in 2021, and I would hope people would change in six or seven years, but um, not everyone does. But I'm just as late as I always have been. Yeah, but any, but I also feel now that Spider-Man, the quality of Spider-Man storytelling, not necessarily across the board, but oh, but has been getting better. I'm enjoying way more of it now. I'm loving Nick Spencer's run. Not just liking it. I'm loving it. And while I, I haven't seen the current cartoon and while I do think the live action movies have room for improvement into the Spider-Verse was great. Also, I'm looking forward to the sequel and the two, the two insomniac games were great. Both this PS4 Spider-Man, as well as the Miles Morales game. I'm looking forward to the third installment and I'm just seeing, I mean, I'm just seeing more and more quality Spider-Man stuff. And I like to think we're on an uptick. I, I, like I said, I think the current live-action movies could use some improvement. I hope the third one is a uh, is an improvement as well. I mean, I like Tom Holland, even if I don't like all the material that he's been given. But um, although there's a part of me that fears that they're just, uh, hey, Spider-Verse won the Oscar. Let's do that again. I mean, we'll see what happens. The jury is still out.
0: Yeah, obviously, at the time of this recording, we haven't even seen a trailer yet. We barely found out the name, but... Um... Yeah, I mean, this is look as somebody that's still reading the comics and and um, watching the movies, I find things to enjoy about the MCU, yeah. films, but they're not like my favorite. I mean, obviously, I think the the watermark of, of the first two Raimi films, I think, is incredibly high, and mm-hmm. but I, I I tend to enjoy um, most of the MCU, but mm-hmm. I. I, I I think it's a great time to be a a fan of of the medium of comics. Um and I'm I'm this is my favorite so far the 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 Spencer run is by far my favorite uh of any of the most recent stuff, you know, even I, I even right now like it more than JMS. And I liked a lot of the JMS run,
4: I but, do too. And I, I'm a big fan of JMS, but I wasn't the biggest fan of a Spider-Man run. There's a lot I liked about it, but I agreed. It wasn't so, my favorite run. And I'm a big Babylon five fan, So, but you know,
0: right. Um, but no, I, I just feel like that this, you know, this show was a great, the fact that we got it in physical media, I wish it was streaming on Netflix for everybody, especially in the States. Uh, maybe it'll come back in the fall of this year or something, you know, but Yes, you can watch it, I think, on Crackle, but nobody uses Crackle. It's off Crackle now. Oh, is it off Crackle? Okay. So, like, unfortunately, yeah, that's the only way that you can watch it is via international Netflix, via a VPN. So um, it's just, yeah, it's frustrating because it is a good show. And, and, you know, I think we've tried to be very good stewards of, this, of, the, of the show. And I think, you know, especially, jo- you know, greg and gerard and myself the ones that have been on every episode you know almost all the episodes
4: um i think we've done a good job on that yeah but, and josh has been on a few of these and Don right josh as well spectacular webs, and he also reviewed each episode for crawlspace back in the day which i remember pouring over those and i recall mr greg Wiseman himself responded to a couple of your reviews yeah I remember that, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he ever did it in a way that uh some other people uh, we shouldn't really go there. <laughs> he, he, he never picked a fight, let's just say that.
0: We don't want Gerard to get Vietnam flashbacks to his reviews.
4: <laughs> remember
5: that time I gave one one issue like a five out of five in the first comment was Steve complaining about an offhand comment I made about the cover copy. Yes,
0: <laughs> he, he literally picked out the one negative you had of that issue, and it was like, oh, anyway, it, that's a whole different <laughs> podcast we could talk about. But, yeah. uh, but I think there's something that we're we're supposed to reveal today.
4: Yes, we are the worst kept secret I have, but um, I, it's not a secret <laughs> at all. There's been a Twitter account for several months, but um. <laughs> But anyway, we're going to be doing another podcast soon. I'm going to be bringing on some old friends of mine as well. It'll continue. Greg Wiseman's relationship with We were ta- It's something we've been talking about. I know someone suggested a Young Justice podcast, but I think the Whelmed podcast is doing that perfectly. I would not want to compete with them. I couldn't even think of a different angle to cover than they did. And also, I'm, D- I'm very DC ignorant. I feel like if you're going to run a podcast, you should know what you're talking about. So... After speaking with Greg, he has given me authorization to reveal that we're going to be doing a podcast based on Gargoyles soon, Voices from the Eerie. We're going to be playing around with formats. It's not going to be the same as this. We're going to hopefully discuss each episode with him, but we have other topics we can discuss for, especially during those filler eras when he's not necessarily available. So we'll figure out things to discuss, maybe get a newbie's perspective every now and then. I'm I'm really considering playing around with the format. I've been listening to a lot of other podcasts, and I don't want to be locked into just one way of doing things. So we'll see what happens or where we go. Um, anyone here is is always welcome to come on if they're ever interested or have or give that show a look and want to discuss something. So hopefully, one day we'll hear. More from these fine gentlemen as well. I'm bring but mostly I plan to bring on some old from people I people I know who I've gathered with at conventions over the years. We'll see what happens. And I believe we have a trailer, which I edited a while back.
0: Yes, so uh the world premiere of the trailer for Voices from the Ear here on the Spidey Dude Radio Network.
3: The story is told, though who can say if it be true? of a clan of medieval warriors awoken in modern-day Manhattan, of the animated series that told their story.
4: It is an age of darkness, superstition, and the sword rule. It is an age of fear.
3: It is the age of gargoyles. It's like the world we came from. Be strong enough to leave claw marks in solid stone. Why didn't I leave this Manhattan?
1: Case closed.
3: As I am, if the stories be true, all things are true. Defenders of the night, stopping evil stone cold. The detective trusts no one. That's one thing we have in common. Everything's going according to plan. Then their descendants shall pay. I will have blood for blood. Yes. Welcome to Voices from the Eerie, a Gargoyle's podcast.
4: Show of hands, especially Josh and Don, do you recognize that voice?
3: It, is that business
7: model?
4: No, 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 it's not. It's uh, all, right? I, I guess Seraph is all, yes. Yeah. And uh, she's actually, in a way, playing a canon character there. There was oh. a character in the SLG comics who was modeled after her, who if if we ever get a third season, she wasn't once heard a voice, who was kind of a storyteller as well. So I figured, you know what? It'd be fun to, ha- to put her in there, have her say her line, the story is told, though who can say it would be true in a semi, well not really canonical format, but at least who they had intended. So I thought that would be a fun approach. I'm sure hopefully we'll get her on it, some, on it at some point. I've known her for a very long time when she was uh, a teenager attending those conventions a long time ago before she went pro. So watching her go from fan to pro was I'm really proud of her. I mean, she was great as Halo on Young Justice and Cassandra Savage and about 16 other characters she plays there and I know she was on Voltron. Uh, she was in an episode of the of the Lucifer TV show. She's really been getting around, and it's awesome.
0: Congratulations, Greg. I know you've been wanting to do this for a long time, and, and I know that it's a been, been a dream of yours for a while, and um, definitely I, one of those things that I'm really proud of you for. And, and, and I know you, like we've talked about it on and off, and... Um, but we don't have a set date as to when this is going to premiere yet. Cause you can still got, you're still developing it, but you yeah.
4: Know. Also, I want to take a bit of a break from podcasting for a bit, you know, just to recollect myself. I mean, I don't mind appearing on other people's podcasts in a guest or a cameo status, but I just need to give myself a little bit of a vacation. And also we don't have a trailer yet or even a name, but Zach, I believe you and I have also discussed an Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes podcast.
0: Yes, uh, that is something that w- you and I have talked about. Uh, one of the things we're trying to do with the Spidey Network is we're trying to expand, not just with Spidey, but we want to do other other shows, other things we're passionate about. You and I both have a love for the Earth's Mightiest Heroes uh, series, and we wanted to do something similar to what we did here, but different, obviously. And and you know we're you know you, I'm working on a, on other new shows, and I've got other shows that we've debuted over the last you know six months. As of this recording. And so we're just we're trying to, um, you know, expand our reach and have other other great content. So we'll eventually I think we'll eventually get to there with the Avengers, but we want to do things a little differently and uh, to be able to be a little more consistent.
4: All right, I, and also for when we get to that Avengers podcast, I have a bit of a connection there too. So I don't know if it's going to be what we did here as far as guests go, but I'm going to reach out and I'm going to see who we can get into.
1: Yeah, I, I, I we
0: we're still very early on the stages of development for that. So hopefully, you know, you guys will, whenever we get more information, always, obviously follow us on our social medias, like at Spidey Radio, at Spidey Network on Instagram and Facebook, uh, at Spidey Radio on Twitter.
4: All right. So you can follow Voices from the Eerie and keep up at from Eerie, F-R-O-M-E-Y-R-I-E on Twitter. So hopefully we'll have some cool stuff to announce then in the not too distant future. And once again, I just want to thank everyone for everything they've done for this show, whether it was a lot or a little. This was pretty much the finale that I was hoping for a celebration of the show, a celebration of the podcast, because I do see this as an accomplishment and we discussed this. Maybe not everyone would see, Oh, they did a podcast. It's as an accomplishment, but it is. And, I'm hoping, I'm looking forward to seeing the finale of CSC if slash when we get there. And I don't know, I mean, doing this all with you guys for so long, it really meant a lot to me. You have no idea. I don't think I can, I mean, effectively put it into words. Listen to me. I'm stuttering. I'm floundering here. I mean, I just, I'm grateful. Thanks, man. I'm
5: grateful to have, to have, have the chance to actually be on this show. Um, because I I don't know that I was ever too vocal about it when it was on the when it was on the air and we were be- first becoming friends, so I'm glad you invited me on, man. It was the, it's bittersweet that we're now at the end.
4: It is
0: most definitely. I agree with that. I I you know when we started getting closer and closer to this this episode, I was always kind of like, oh man once it's done it's done and there's there's the there's this era finale it's it's definitely the end of an era for the for this show you know for the spy network too and um while i'm so thankful for all you guys over the years on the various shows we've done uh i know that you know it is kind of a bit of a bit of a you know a a watermark and and a watershed moment so thank you greg for for starting this
4: thank you and once again josh and don thank you to you two gentlemen for everything i've always thought of you as two of the quintessential spider man podcasters out there i mean i know you have you haven't done quite as much since then but there was a time you were doing asm classics crawl space cameos here and there i mean it was it was amazing you two have accomplished a great deal as well i mean i've always kind of been in awe of you two over it i mean it's just i'm we're good And don't you forget it. (laughs) But no. I mean, you guys, all of you, small or large, you gave me my show. I know you keep saying this is my show, but without you guys, without Greg Wiseman and all the guests we were able to get, without Jennifer Anderson, Josh Keaton, Andrew Robinson, everyone, Vanessa Marshall, there was no show. I mean, I know you keep saying that I'm the man, Zach. I I am not the man. I was just... Steering the boat. Well, well I, I think,
7: think I, I thought you guys did a, did a pretty solid job on covering a really good show because I'm not sure if any of there's any other show out there covering like this, both with the production interviews and with fan perspectives. So I thought you guys did a really, um, appropriate
4: way to celebrate this series. Thank you. I, I appreciate that.
0: So, with that, um I guess we can start wrapping the episode up Greg for the last time. Um, Thanks again, everybody for your, for watching or watching. Thanks again for listening to this show and, and, and the reviews you've left us over the years and, and the people that have left us feedback. Uh, Thank you so much. We've, we've really appreciated your time uh, and we've appreciated you guys taking the time to to contact us and and give us that feedback over the years Uh, without, without this show, Look, I, I never expected to do another a show beyond Clone Saga Chronicles, and this was, you know, the first spinoff for the radio network. And, um, you know, again, I, I've said it several times, but thank you, Greg. Thank you all for your for your participation. And we will see you guys next time. Well, we won't see you guys next time. We will see you on the network if you choose to just listen to our other great shows on on there. And, um, and for that, we bid you adieu for the last time. The final curtain has closed.
3: Living on the edge, Friday cross, spinning webs swinging from the highest ledge, he can leap above So
0: response to that.